Strange memories on this nervous night in Las Vegas. Has it been five years? Six? It seems like a lifetime. The kind of peak that never comes again. San Francisco in the middle 60s was a very special time and place to be a part of. But no explanation. No mix of words or music or memories can touch that sense of knowing that you were there and alive in that corner of time in the world. Whatever it meant. There was madness in any direction. At any hour, you could strike sparks anywhere. There was a fantastic universal sense that whatever we were doing was right, that we were winning. And that, I think, was the handle. That sense of inevitable victory over the forces of old and evil. Not in any mean or military sense. We didn't need that. Our energy would simply prevail. We had all the momentum. We were riding the crest of a high and beautiful wave. So now, less than five years later, you can go up on a steep hill in Las Vegas and look west. And with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high water mark. That place where the wave finally broke and rolled back. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. It is 11 minutes and, no, it's 3 minutes and 11. Now I'm doing that thing where I'm looking at the clock. I just had my visa like five minutes ago. What, the ago. clock of the future? Waiting, waiting for the caffeine to actually make its way into my bloodstream. I haven't metabolized the caffeine yet. It's still in, it's, it's in root, as they say. It is uh, 3 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State uh, Radio. It is Friday and welcome to day 12. Is it cold in here? No, it is not. You no. sure about that? It's almost hot. Uh, one of us is dying. I'm going to assume it's you guys. I'm not crazy. This, I got this are you okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you think it's too hot, I think it's too cold. One of us has malaria. It's the only point I make. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970. Maybe I'm just in the, bin, the depths of, a, of an ether binge. Probably what that is. Really more animal than man. The great thing about fear and loathing the book is just... It, let me put it this way. That is such a great book, but it's just unfilmable. Uh, we just did, we did, and I don't mean the knock on uh, on the movie because you know Court and Fatboy are showing it tonight, and it is Terry Gilliam really gave it his all, man. He really just gave just the, the biggest college try to to transform that book into a movie. It is sort of an interesting but ultimately failed experiment, in my opinion. Worth seeing once. I don't really know that I'd see it a whole bunch of times. I mean, I don't know because Sarah was saying you 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 haven't seen it, Fear and Love. No, have, I haven't. Have seen you read it. the book? No. 
hard to say. I don't even know whether to. I've dated even... many a man who's been obsessed with Hunter S. Thompson. See, and I, I'm a, kind of different than most Hunter S. Thompson fans in that Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is, to me, very. It's not the definitive uh, Hunter Thompson book to me. It is the thing he's most famous for. I kind of like his nonfiction writing more, but. Um, I wouldn't even know whether to tell someone to, to read the book before they saw the movie. Because they're just so vastly different. I would almost say that you have to start with the film and then read the book later. Because the book just so vastly outstrips the film. Because how could it not? And that's with, I mean, a top-notch cast. you got uh, 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 Benicio Del Toro and, of course, Johnny Depp, the finest actor of his generation. Terry Gilliam, um, working from one of the most influential novels of the last 50 years. But there's just no way... And it's got Christina Ricci in it, too. And there's just no way that you can ever get those visions on the screen with anything approaching accuracy. But that sequence right there, that sequence about what well, you can see where the wave broke and finally rolled back, that is it's just one of the most flawlessly written speeches ever. And I think, it comes, I think it comes word for word out of the book. I think it's just lifted directly out of the pages of Fear and Loathing. You know, that's, maybe that's what I'll read uh, while I'm on the uh, plane trip. Because it's a great traveling book. It really is. It is It is probably Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and I say this to the horror of, like, the Jack Kerouac fans in the audience, but Fear and Loathing may be the ultimate road trip book. It really, it might be the best book ever written about traveling or being on the road or going from one place to another. I mean, especially to a certain type of person. Well, anyway, there Do you ever have certain books that you read when you're traveling to certain places? Uh, no, I have certain, um, I was going to say cassette tapes because I'm old. Uh, I have certain uh, albums that I've always listened to as a plane is taking off or something. But no, I don't think I've had certain books that I read when I'm traveling. I'm such a nerd. Whenever I go to New York, I read this book. It's called Slaves of New York. Yeah, I know that book. Yeah. Is that Jay McInerney? Mm, I don't know. No, he wrote Bright Lights, Big City. Well, whoever. Slaves in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just a a horrible slash awesome book. And I read it every time because it only takes, you know, about an hour and a half to read. Of course. Fantastic. It's amazing. Now, for the longest time, and I don't don't think I do this anymore, uh, just for, I think it was just a phase I was going through, but there was about, I don't know, like probably five or six years where every time I was traveling to someplace, whether I was driving in my car, whether I was taking off in a plane, there was this album by Izzy Stradlin, the, the first Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds record uh, that I would just self-title, which came out in, I think, 91. And I would just listen to that every time. And I was such a nerd about it that I would actually, and this is back before they became such bastards about it, you must stow all electronic devices. And, you know, it came by stripping you of your free will before the plane took off. Uh, when you could just have your, you know, freely have your headphones on as the plane was taking off. And I would always time it, if I could, so that the first song of the album really kind of kicked in as the plane was sort of, you know, there's that moment when you feel the wheels leave the runway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would always, just because it was such a great record and it just started off so strong, and I would always time it so that the wheels of the plane left the tarmac right as the album was really kicking in. Just a great record, that first Easy Stradlin record. Uh, the rest are all sort of hit and miss, but that first record, is it's a classic. Um, you know, I take it back, actually, speaking of Hunter Thompson, there's a book called The Proud Highway, which is the first collection of letters from Hunter Thompson's estate that for a while was a book that I traveled with because it was itself a book about traveling. It was a book about Hunter Thompson's childhood and then his adolescence and his, his traveling all over the so world. Would you recommend so, one of those? Because I need, I need uh, a book to read. I would, well... I, well, I still have Brave New World to read. That's a heavy book, though. Should I not read it on That's the plane? That's not beach reading. It's it, Brave New World is not... Brave New World's a good book, but it's heavy. It's not a... Uh, that is not a casual... It's not pop literature. And I don't say pop literature is a pejorative. I'm just saying there are books that are sort of 
easily read, easily digested. Aldous Huxley is not one of those guys. You know, I, after all this talk about Youth and Revolt, I really want to read that again, but I gave away my two copies of it that the, I have. Me too. The only copy I have uh, is my first edition. Uh, which I am so terrified of damaging that I actually took the slipcover off of it the other day when I was looking That's what through I did it. With my Chuck Palahniuk book. Totally, because I don't want to screw it up. And so I'm just, I'm reading the original uh, Bay Area printing of Youth and Revolt, which I didn't even let's say, I didn't even buy it because it was a collectible. I just bought it because I wanted to have an early copy, and you know, and it turned. I mean, especially if that movie ends up being any kind of a success, that might actually be worth something. But I took the slipcover off. Um, I don't know. Is is what's his name? Is Raul a uh, Raul? Is uh, Raul a uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas fan? You know, I don't know. So, uh, well, in any event, you might want to read that. I have a copy of that if you want to read it. That's a, I mean, that is a fast read. It's like a hundred and. 170 page. You can read that in like a oh, sitting. Oh, yeah. I'll read that like waiting for my plane in the airport. Yeah, you can read that in a day. I mean, and it's, it is, it, you probably should read it only because it is, it is a pretty, a pretty momentous book. It's a pretty important book and it is, the general assessment is that it's the definitive Hunter Thompson uh, book. I don't think so, but it is great. It is really good. Uh, and it did kind of set a standard uh, for books like that to come. So I'll, I'll give you a, a fear and loathing if you want to read that. Okay. Um, do not. If you read Hunter Thompson, do not start with any of his like collections of letters or whatever. That is really like for the for the Hunter Thompson fanatic only. Like you, you, if you're not a big Hunter Thompson freak, you'll find it just dry as freaking dust. Oh hi, it's the Rick Emerson show. How are you? I didn't see you come in. I can't believe you didn't have the book talk music going. Oh no, I just completely. I I don't know. It's uh, one of those days. We're getting a running start at today's program. People calling. Who knows about what? Uh, it's Friday, and thank God. Uh, let let's, let let me just set a few things straight. First of all, I am not gone as of tomorrow. I will be here the bulk of next week. Uh, I am here through next Thursday. I'll be gone uh, starting next Friday, and then following a few days. Uh, but I will be here for the bulk of next week. No one panic. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to comment with your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your corrections, your what have you. It's Rick at RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, Scotty J at 970.am. Uh, we are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Hello. And I just realized that I leave for New York a week from today. Is that true? Mm-hmm. When? Next Friday afternoon? Next fr- No, next Friday, like, evening, late evening. That's very exciting. It is very exciting. You know, by this time, well, no, I won't be in London this time next week. But by this time next week, I will be, I don't know, probably halfway to London, which is kind of freaky. Oh. What time do, are you flying overnight? I don't know. I'm making that up. I don't, I don't know when I leave. I leave sometime Friday. I don't really know when. How long is it? It's like 14 hours? Something yeah. like that to London? Do you have any stops or are you going straight through? I don't have any Xanax either. That's the other thing. I got to get my Xanax on. Well, it's scary too because that's when you start to think like the plane might run out of fuel. Oh, see, I don't think about that. I just think about sitting 14 hours in a chair and not being able to move. Yeah, restless leg syndrome. Totally. And the last... next, thing you know, next thing you know, you're being busted for soliciting sex. The last three hours when you're flying over the open sea, mm-hmm. pretty freaky. Oh, yeah. No, if you're going to die, Can't you're going to die. Can't see land anywhere. Eaten by sharks. Those seat cushions do float. Or yeah, sure. Because as George Carlin said, that's exactly how you want to spend your last hours on Earth, floating around in a you know seat that smells like you know 40 years worth of flatulence that on an airplane. That must be your biggest nightmare, huh? The plane crashed and you survived and you have to hang onto a cushion in the middle of the ocean? Yeah, I wouldn't be very happy about that. But again, if you got the Xanax, you know, whatever. I'm going to eat you. Fine, eat me, shark. So yeah, i gotta get my, uh, awesome got to get my, get my drug on, as the kids say. I, uh, I'm out of Xanax. And I think uh, Lara took all the Ativan with her, so I am drugless. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get the hook up there somehow. Well, you know, and by somehow I mean through legal means at the hospital. From your doctor. From my doctor. Doctor Gonzo. 
Uh, all right, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification. Okay, we have enough local stuff to keep us busy for like three afternoons. Really? Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff. Let's just that. stay here through the weekend. All right. First of all, it is truly bizarre and sad. A Portland family uses a hearse in a murder suicide. A Vancouver. Oh, what? That happened next door to my friend's house. Really? Okay. Story number two. A Vancouver home invader gets his ear cut off by the homeowner. He's alive. A woman lost in the Oregon wilderness for 10 days is discovered conscious and alert. She was almost food for the bears. And we're visiting a topic from yesterday. OHSU is collecting your spider stories, so start writing. I didn't know that, really. Mm -hmm. Did Disney fire a high school musical gal because she posed nude and that picture made it to the Internet? W and the South Korean president get in a public spat. Barack Obama's wife tells Glamour magazine her husband is snorry and stinky in the morning. And Britney opens the VMAs. All right. Well, wait, she opens what? The VMAs. Oh, I thought you said something else. Yeah, I can't wait. This might be her, um, it might be a total disaster. It might be her big comeback. Right. It'll uh, be a total disaster. Well, you know that, uh, you know that uh, they asked um, Justin Timberlake to duet with her, and he told them to go, to go uh, suck one. Justin, will you do it with... No, suck one. And that was it. That was the whole... That was the negotiation right there. I might have a source that might tell me that uh, Justin Timberlake's in Portland right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, fantastic. But, I mean, is it real? Is that true? Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, let's see. What are we doing? Why are all these people calling us today? Better stop. Who are you? Why are you calling? Uh, here's what's coming up today. Uh, I'm working off of yesterday's prep sheet because I haven't done yesterday's. Uh, I haven't done today's uh, uh, you know, prep sheet uh, today. It was the thing. Uh, Lisa Goddard's going to be joining us today to talk about. Uh, well, let's see. What will she be talking about? What's that guy? Oh yeah, Larry Craig. Also, did you see this thing that Ben Laden is working on his new, his hot new summer release? Yeah. The um, it's going to be an HD. I hope his come yeah, his comeback uh, record. Uh, ben Ben Laden's. Uh, we thought that he'd done a farewell tour. Now his reunion tour is, is in the works. Uh, Bin Laden apparently is going to be issuing a videotaped message. Uh, maybe you'll be able to get it on iTunes or something. It's going to be uh, it's going to be out. I don't know. Something first they were going to re- they were going to put it out for September 11th for a September 11th release. Um, and then, but wait, when is that? When is September 11th? What is today? It's the seventh. Seventh. So it's Monday. So it's Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. Well, they're saying now sometime over the weekend. Yeah, now that's a bad. You don't release something on the weekend. You do it on a Tuesday. That's when all the records come out. Well, in any event, he's doing it on the weekend. Nobody, he's dead. No one cares. This is, you know, this is just going to be recycled crap. This is going to be like when they tell you a new Jimi Hendrix record is coming out, and it's just a bunch of crap he recorded while he was in the bathroom one day uh, that they've just paired with a bunch of uh, studio musicians. So, f that. What else? Uh, Jim Roop, speaking of recordings, Jim Roop will be talking about Phil Spector, who I think is going to be going away for a, a long time. I. I think the tide has turned against our friend Mr. Spector. Uh, so uh, we'll talk to Jim Roop about that. Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will be joining us in the studio a little earlier than normal. He'll be here at 1 o'clock today. Um, we'll talk to uh, Dennis Pitzenberger. And the top five songs from, and I have no idea what this is going to be, the top five songs from the best year of Scotty's life. I don't know what year it is. I told him to go back and pick the best year of his life and to do the top five songs from that year. So we'll be doing the... Top five songs from the best year of Scotty J's life. Uh, that's all coming up. Plus, apparently, a pile of hideous local news. It's all very exciting. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. How are you doing? What's up? 
Uh, her Thompson, that Mr. Lewis. Are you talking about the Bill Murray version, or are you talking about the Johnny Depp version? The Bill Murray version, you're talking about where the buffalo roam. Well, isn't that basically the same thing? Uh, more or less. Where the Buffalo Roam is Bill Murray as Hunter Thompson, as Raoul Duke, kind of uh, leading up to that, that trip, right, when he wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, whatever. The, I don't know. It's hard to say because, really, don't get me wrong. I love Bill Murray. I love Johnny Depp. I love Hunter Thompson. I don't like any of the Hunter Thompson movies. Uh, they're all bad, in my opinion. And, and again, I say this, I mean to be a team player. I mean, look, I know Court and Fat Boy are showing Fear and Loathing tonight. It's a good movie to see. It's an important movie to see, you know, once. And I know a lot of people who like it. I'm just, I'm not really with that because I think Hunter Thompson and his character are impossible to capture on screen. It's just, uh, there's no way you can capture that kind of writing on celluloid. I just don't think either of them really hit the mark. Hey, and uh, advice for your trip to London. Yes. Don't forget, get, twi- get some 20 pence pieces for the bathroom, because if you take the train, it costs 20p to pee. 20p. All right. Uh, is that true, or the, is there a pay no, toilets? It's, it's totally true. Pay, it's 20 pence. Pay to lose. All right. Excellent. I'll, uh, all right. I will do that. I don't want to be, I don't have to be some ugly American peeing in the aisle of the bus. That's no good. All right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Okay, yeah. Uh, fear and loathing. You you did pick out the best quote, and that is that is direct from the book in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the definitive works, I believe, nonfiction, Curse Alono, short story, fantastic. Also, some of uh, Stedman's best art in it. Um, for nonfiction, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail of 72. That's a great book. Yeah, it captures his writing style that he really distributed in his nonfiction, which was great. And, you know, they're making, uh, Johnny Depp is making The Rum Diary into a movie. Yeah, The Rum Diary, the Rum Diary was pretty good, too. I, I mean, I liked it. It was one of those ones that I think got stretched a little bit thin because it was too long. I just, I did, you know, as, as good as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is, I don't really care that much for Thompson's uh, fictional writing. F- uh, Fear and Loathing, uh, Campaign Trail 72 is great, and then he did a book um, around the Clinton era called Better Than Sex, Confessions of a Political Junkie, which I liked a lot. Yeah, that was a, that was another fantastic one. And a uh, traveling book recommendation for everyone and Sarah is uh, Tom Robbins' Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates. Fantastic What book. What is it called? Fierce Invalids, Home from Hot Climate. Oh, that... I've read Still Life with Woodpecker, but that's the only book of his that I've read. Is he the guy that did Even Cowgirls Get the Blues? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah, I've uh, never read anything by him. Uh, that's 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 my favorite. Uh, Still Life and Cowgirls, they're both good, but uh, for sure, the Fierce Invalids is, is just fantastic. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you go. Yeah, I've never read anything by him. This will be like that time, though, that, that time my wife wanted me to read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Just made me want to kill myself. <laughs> I mean, not because the book was depressing, but because I found myself wasting time reading it. I know a lot of people, my brother's really into that book. And I just found myself wanting to pull out my eyes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning, Rick. What's up? And uh, good morning to Tim and Sarah and Story. So, uh, Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, um, you know, I never had a... Uh... Real good times uh, taking off on on planes either. Um, the last time I the last time I was on the plane, I had my iPod on and I was just having to shuffle through all the songs. And right when the plane taxied and uh, started take, um, moving for takeoff, uh, "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue came on. <laughs> I tell you, that was the best way to take off in a plane. So I figured if this plane crashes right now during takeoff, I have died a rock and roll god. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. (laughs) 
Um, we were probably supposed to be doing things here at the beginning of the show, but I swear to God, I don't know what they were. Well, we'll just take a few more phone calls, then we'll break. Uh, Lisa Goddard's coming up at the bottom. We'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Mark Shearer as well. I guess, so I don't know what it is they're building. Are they still building that weird red, white, and blue tower where the World Trade Center used to be in New York? Like the Freedom Tower or whatever we're now legally required to call things like that? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing that. Can but I guess they're Who's building. to work there? Well, that's exactly my point because now, and we'll talk to Mark Shearer about it. I guess he will, being the New York correspondent, I guess he'll know. They're building now not one but like five different towers there. Who would possibly take? Look, I'm an I'm an American and a patriot and all that, but seriously, f that. Who who would possibly take office space in such a building? I mean, there's just. I don't think so. Thank you. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, it's James. Hey. Hey, I was I called earlier, but I had to hang up. Uh, two best travel books. Uh, being there, you ever read that? Being there, the the book that was the basis for the Peter Sellers film. Uh, Jersey Kaczynski, yeah. Yeah, I have not read the book, no. No, uh, that's, that's that's one of the good ones. You know, it's about the length of, you know, it takes you probably two hours, three hours to read. Okay. You know, a couple good laughs in the middle of the flight to you know, startle everybody, but... And then uh, The Fur Hat, another good one. The Fur Hat. Is that like, yeah, is, like that, is that like bathroom reading? or What is The Fur Hat, sir? It, it came out of uh, communist Russia, like right before, uh, you know, communism fell. Pretty funny. For, uh, uh, I don't know if you want me to go into it or not. All right. Actually, really I've, made, I've made a note. I will Wikipedia it later, sir. <laughs> I hope so. I'm so glad you didn't say wiki. Wiki. No, I will not say that. All right. Thank you. You have. I haven't said wiki. I don't say that. I. That's not true. As a verb? Like to Google? I think you said it a long time ago. Maybe. Then it was by accident because I try not to say the word I will wiki that because it just sounds stupid. I mean, it really sounds like it sounds like baby talk. Snoochie Boochie's next. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hey, so uh, were you listening to Denner, Dennis Miller this morning when uh, a caller uh, like called up and did like a Don and Mike on him? No. Did they, he belch? No, no. Actually, it wasn't the same guy. No. Somebody like mentioned uh, Mr. Spiewak. I was like, oh, well, I recognize that That's name. Oh, so great. Then, really? Did they go, uh, I'd like to talk about the, the wall blocking us from Mexico and keeping out the illegal immigrants, and I do believe that at the forefront of the illegal immigration problem is Robert Spiewak. Was it one of those? <laughs> uh, close. No, he actually uh, he, he mentioned Spiewak, and then he uh, went on to say, uh, you know, ask a question about a greenhouse gas. He's like, do you think the methane coming off Michael Mara has anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> what, what time would this have been? We can get the audio. What time was it? Oh, geez, it was like, it was in the last hour. It was between, oh, geez, or actually, no, I, I take that back. I was driving to work uh, when I heard it, so it was about 8.30 this morning, I guess. Hey, uh, Scotty, I know you're busy with uh, assembling songs for the best year of your life, but uh, if we can look and try to find when um, Dennis Miller was, was spiewacked this morning, that would be fantastic. Right Excellent. On. Thank you, sir. You betcha. All, All right. right. Excellent. No, it was at around 8.30, he said. Around 8.30 this morning, guy called up talking about greenhouse gases coming from Mike O'Meara. That's great. Ah, Rob Spiewak. All right. Uh, do we have to break? When's our first correspondent on? Uh, I don't know. 35? How would I possibly know? Okay, let me make this one random observation, uh, and then we'll break. No, it's 1130. Um, I wrote this down. Here's another observation I made to myself at 933 p.m. This is one of those things that sounds like I was stoned uh, when I wrote this down. I was not. Stone Cold Sober, but it does sound like I was intoxicated on some substance. Note to self, this this uh, little note to self says. 
What is that bracelet you are wearing made of? That's not the observation, by the way. What this is one? that bracelet? Yeah, it looks like you're wearing a bandolera or whatever that no, thing is called. No, my sister bought bullets. it for me years ago, and I just found it. It really does look like, like you're wearing bullets around just, your wrist. Yeah, it's like beads. You want to see? Okay, I can see it. No, all right. Oh, okay, up close, this looks totally different. Yeah, from over here in that light, it, they look like metal shell cases. Oh, that's kind of cool. It was cool. You should do that. All right. Observation I made to myself last night at 9.33. The Internet is one ongoing, never-ending, continually evolving, choose-your-own-adventure book. That seemed much more profound when I wrote it down. Because, you know, instead of, like, turn here to drink the vial or turn, you know, turn to page 55 to shoot the guy in the head, instead of that, it's like, click here to read more about, you know, Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska album. That really did seem profound when I wrote it down. I wasn't high. High on life. I'm not high on anything. Did Lara the medicine cabinet? She took she the Ativan with her. There, there's no Ativan in the house, and I'm out of Xanax. Damn it, all the hell. All right. Uh, we take a break. Come back with Lisa Goddard around the corner. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay there. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to join us? I always sound like Dennis Franz in uh, the American Buffalo. Bob, it's 503-733-2970. You want to call? Bob. Uh, all right. There's the guy. You get the donut. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Okay. Uh... Hey, who wants to hear another random observation? I do. Do you really? Sure. Here's a question I have for everybody. Well, never mind. You know what? We'll do that later. This is Lisa Goddard. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. Realized she was holding CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Goddard. Why, hello, and how are you on this Friday? Hey, I'm good. I have to warn you, I'm kind of, my mind is a random smattering of things today. <laughs> Sister, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy time in Rickland, too. Oh, yeah. per- perfect. Really, yeah, it's uh, really all of the all of the rides inside the amusement park of my head are marked uh, unstable, under construction. Please do, <laughs> please do not stand on. Right. My brain is one big Wally World closed for two weeks to clean and repair America's favorite family fun park. So. <laughs> nice and nice. Well, hey, did you know that Scotty J was like was is a DJ or was a DJ at weddings? Really, I didn't know that. Yes, I knew that. Oh, um, his name. So you guys know everything there is. And you guys made Scotty J. You basically in, invented him. He is sort of our yes. He is our. We did flubber like. We created him He's in a laboratory. DJ. Event. Yeah, you would not believe the amount of times it comes up on this program. Oh, I'm sorry then. That, I'm sorry, everybody. No, 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 I'm, no, no, no. I'm not trying to to uh, to, uh, to to be snarky there. I'm saying you would not believe the number of times though, when we talk to Scotty and you know maybe gently give him constructive criticism because he's relative. He's a relative neophyte in radio. Right. And really talk to him about how he might want to do something or maybe things he doesn't want to. You know, maybe things or behaviors in radio he should probably try to lose. And it will be responded to with some variation of, well, you know, I have been a DJ for about 15 years. <laughs> and then, but it's like at Bob Mitzvahs, right. you know. So listen to the laughter, just the unbridled, the unbridled <laughs> giggling. Uh, because uh, so, you know, I was asking his opinion because we actually are doing kind of a, a website poll on what should be our first dance song. And so I was asking his opinion. Now, is it, now are you having a, uh, do you have a DJ booked? 
We do, we do. He's he's cool. He's a cool uh, DJ. He does so a lot of like he's really. Uh, so like, it's too late for us to fly Scotty out there to too, DJ. Unfortunately, well, you know, can't you know? We would have no problem with a team, a DJ team. Scotty, would you like to? Scotty, how do you feel about sharing DJ duties at uh, at uh, at Lisa Goddard's uh, the wedding? Do you feel like you do you feel like you'd be able to to share the wheels of steel with somebody else? No, he no, not Scott, so much. No, he Scott, he's just typing the screen. I walk alone, Rick. He walks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, he he likes for our first song. He likes the song that uh, my fiance likes, which is not my favorite one, which is. Uh, uh, Nobody does it better by Carly Simon. No, no. Yeah, it's not. It's it's, it's kind of you know I will say in his you know it, it's kitschy like it's going it's, it was a James Bond theme. Oh, no, I know all that, but you know it's just. Uh, Sarah, do you know that song from the commercial? Nobody does it better. Yeah. Oh man, and yeah, that's the worst idea Lisa. I've ever heard. I know, I know. Well, it's on it's on the website, you know that, but and it's it's actually getting votes. I'm very surprised, but. Um, it's getting votes from guys who wear a lot of high karate. Scotty said, God, Scotty said it was the classy choice. I well, think of, well, oh, my well, God. You need to just see Scotty sometimes. Uh, really? Of course Scotty said that, but Scotty's like 80 years old. No. So, yeah, it was really... And it, you know, so I was looking for some players. Like, what do you think about Carly Simon as a wedding song? And he's like, I think that's great. Wait, hold on. Who just said what? What was the weird sexy voice you just put on there? What was? Who were that you impersonating? That was Scotty J. Unexpectedly, I didn't realize that was sexy. No, you just kind of did a low husky kind of a thing. Uh, let me see if I, I. I think I actually have. Let me see here. You know, when you play the whole song, it is better than the chorus that you remember. It uh-huh. is a better song than. That's a bad idea. Please, Lisa, no. I know, I know. I I agree with you guys. I agree with. You. What are the other options? Yes. Okay, these, yeah, seriously, what are the other choices? You these are the doing? choices we've got. There's an Otis Redding song, "Come to Me." There's a some of them also a little cheap, but "Don't Dream It's Over" with Crowded House. Well, what does that even mean? Don't dream it's over. What know, kind of weird, that... freaky message is that? <laughs> I know. That's what Scott, Scotty said that too. We've got "Here Comes the Sun" by the Beatles. Which is probably my favorite. Yeah, that's like the that best. Song. That's the best of the lot so far. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And then we've got the two competing. We've got the Our House Face Off, Our House by Crosby, Stills and Nash versus Our House by Madness. No, no, I, I veto <laughs> Madness house. right now. That's a good song, but not a wedding song. Seriously, <laughs> right? Just, just I have to step in and say there can be no madness. We, <laughs> madness. I think we just like having the competing Our House. What about Wings of a Dove. Wings of a Dove. It's All right. Madness. We can go down there. Hey. We've got. We've also have a uh, uh, today is the greatest by uh, Smashing Pumpkins, and then uh, sp- another favorite actually would be quite hilarious Space Age Love Song by A Flock of Seagulls. Which really? We just want to put a picture of them up. That's really. Just, we don't really want the song. We just want the picture. You're so far out of my wheelhouse on this. Really, I I feel like you're wading into into musical waters that I'm so unqualified to even speak well, about. What would you suggest? What what you know? But I do. I, my favorite is, is the Beatles. But I could be. There's a couple others that are that are in the running for me. I the Beatles is sort of the best of. No offense, the best of a bad lot so far. Uh, <laughs> and it's not that I, it's not that I don't like the Beatles. It's just the, the Beatles. You know, uh, I'm a casual Beatles fan. I'm not. A huge Beatles right. fan, which I know is like a crime and everything, but I uh, you don't shoot up with the Beatles, right? That's probably the best of, of, of all the, the, the that Carly Simon song is just. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I am incorrect about this, but yeah. I do believe the Carly Simon song is a woman singing about the you'll forgive me sexual prowess of James Bond and his ability right. to please a woman uh, carnally. 
might be the, <laughs> the main reason Jason likes it. I don't know. I haven't really talked to him about that. Is Jason creepy? You can tell us. <laughs> no. He is not in the least, but he is really funny, and he is very kind of anti-authoritarian. You know, he really he yeah, likes to be yeah, He's really little... sticking it to the man with that Carly Simon song. <laughs> he likes he's to be... fighting the power like nobody's business. He's not creepy, but he is quirky. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I would, the Crowded House one is the only one that I would just sound flat-out strange to me, though, because that's sort of a... Uh, I, because the opening line of that song, of Don't Dream It's Over, and I am a pretty big Crowded House fan, the, the opening line of, of Don't Dream It's Over is, there's freedom within, comma, there's freedom without... And I do believe that it's it's that he's talking about a breakup. I you know I think I need to pull up the lyrics because okay. we looked at those lyrics and the lyrics are actually um, okay. much more positive than you than you would think. And I need to uh, check it out because we right. did, we if, definitely looked that up. If you're talking about if you're talking about uh, uh, crowded house songs, let yeah. me just let me just one second here. Let me see if I can dig something up now that it's I think become, Here Comes the Sun would be a great first dance song. Here comes here comes uh, here comes the sun uh, is not not bad. Uh, it, it, there also is the issue of um, of danceability though. This is a first dance song. Right. It's true. Like Our House by Madness would be the worst thing to dance to, <laughs> no, wouldn't it? I love sporadic that. and spazzy. Just... Yeah. See, and I'm looking. I'm, there's one I'm looking at right here, which I think is is a good song, but I'm not really sure if it can be. Uh, I'm All right, not really sure it. if it can be danced. We should just thank your thank your stars that he didn't want to play like Lady in Red or something. Oh God, seriously, because then you just have to you have to get an you have to get an annulment right then and there. Exactly. Yeah. That's just that's no that's no good. Um, he probably feels the same way too, because you know I do feel like it's more often the women that you know will bring out the really heavy butter on the songs. <laughs> the really heavy butter. All right. You know what I'm talking about. Well, this is the 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 chorus of Don't Dream It's Over is. You know, when the world comes in, they come, they come to build a wall between us. We know they won't win. Oh, I never really, I never really, Sarah will tell you this, actually, that I, in terms of pop music, um, I am a, um, I'm much more of a melody guy than I am a lyric guy. Not that I don't appreciate lyrics. And I think that that's what, that's how pop music is judged, I think, yeah. more often. That's right. I'm a guy who goes for the sound of a hook, for melody, for um, whatever. My friend suggested, and it's really a Beach Boys God Only Knows. See, that would be beautiful. Here's the thing. I Oh, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. I am like a colossal Beach Boys fan. What do you like to I'm today? a huge No, I'm a huge <laughs> Beach Boys fan. I'm a huge Brian Wilson fan. <clears throat> I do wonder if God only knows. Don't get me And again, it's it, it maybe one of the most beautiful songs ever written. It is beautiful. Um, you know, I, I, but I don't know you if you can, I, but I don't think you can dance to that because it's too, it's too weird and it's got that whole syncopated, dun 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 God Only Knows is a great song, but again, it's not really danceable. Um, but the first dance is supposed to be a slow... Well, I mean, it isn't supposed to be, but a lot of people appreciate a slow dance. No, 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 I appreciate... anything fancy here. I'm not saying God Only Knows isn't a slow song, but I'm saying it has this weird <clears throat> calliope carnival middle section <laughs> that literally is just like a bunch of... It's, it's, it's impossible to dance to. There's just nothing. You'd have to stop and just stare blankly at each other for a, a few seconds. Let's see here. Okay. All right. Yeah, oh. I like it. Yeah, this is... Be Oh, what, do you, what did you find there? Oh, I found God Only Knows. I was just listening. Is this the Beach Boys version? Yeah. Go ahead and play this. It's a beautiful song. Don't get me wrong. Paul McCartney's favorite song of all time, by the way. Wow. 
You're right. I need to refund it because it was a really crappy copy of it. Yeah, it's. I have it upstairs, <clears throat> but I. Uh, yeah, that's one of your favorite songs. That is a pretty good choice. I mean, we basically don't want something that is overdone. We want something that we like. You know, we want something a little original but nice. All right. Let's so. see here, uh, Sarah. I think I may have it here. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I'm bringing this up. This is really the most unproductive segment, but in a way, it's the best segment. Let me <laughs> see here. Personally, so helpful. No, no, no. It's fantastic. <clears throat> this is the sort of life as it happens uh, <laughs> that people really enjoy here. Uh, this is me. I'm going to have to wait and let it buffer for a second. Okay. Buffer. Uh, hey, really quickly, while, while we're on hold, <clears throat> while we're on hold with this Beach Boys song, um, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Goddard. Hey, yes. Bin Laden's dead, right? They're just using, they're just putting together a bunch of old crap footage of him and claiming it's something new. We all know that's the case. Right, don't it's we? actually Saddam Hussein in heavy makeup. <laughs> it's very, it's kind of a weird thing how they're well, doing that well now. But, no, Trey, Trey Parker's hand up his backside. <laughs> with the, exactly with the ventriloquist mouth opening up and down. Yes. Right. The, um, we don't know what's going on with this videotape that now U.S. intelligence officials do have. They're looking through it. In, this was expected as the anniversary of September 11th is coming up. We saw an announcement on the Internet that uh, some bin Laden would be coming out with a new video. The question is, is it new? Is it old? Is it really Osama? Uh, and intelligence officials most often never give 100% it's him, but often in audio recordings they say, yes, we, we think it probably is him. The big difference in this tape so far that we have gleaned is the color of his beard, actually. You know, he's known for that long, the long, uh, mostly salt and pepper, mostly salt beard. But in this tape, he's, he, uh, he, he hits some of the, uh, the, the men's, the men's, Stuff. I can't think of a brand because I don't dye my hair. He's but been using the Grecian formula. The Grecian oh, the formula. Men. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, what? Oh. Uh, just yeah. He, and his beard is a is a dark brown or black. So there are a lot of questions as to whether uh, this is really him. Has he been in hiding? Is that why his beard's a different color? What's going on with that? If they do decide that this is Osama bin Laden, of course, they'll be looking at uh, how healthy is he. There's been a lot of rumors about uh, kidney disease that he's had. Even And you, as you say, many rumors that he actually died of kidney disease earlier this year. There are apparently some date references in this video. We're still getting information from authorities, but apparently he makes a reference to Defense Secretary Rumsfeld. And we're not clear if he makes this reference as if Rumsfeld were still in the job or not, but apparently he does refer to him. There's no overt threats in this as far as uh, intelligence officials told us, nothing new to that extent, nothing specific, but we're still waiting for a transcript of what is said. All right. Uh, we have something. Hey, Scotty, can you briefly come to the studio for just, just one <laughs> second? I'm not going to have time to play the whole, uh, the whole sound here, but if Scotty, if you can uh, briefly just... Uh... Join us here in the studio, and then we'll play this uh, this Beach Boys. I will find um, the fall, the crowded house. Follow your feet. Although I do, I think it's a little too fast for a slow okay. dance. Hey, Scotty, can you uh, call and let her know that's not going to happen? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, do you need this? Uh, I don't think. So. All right. Thank you. All right. Do you have God only knows, Sarah? Now, don't. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying. God Only Knows is one of the great songs of the 20th this century. One of your, I know this is one of your favorite songs of all time. All, of all time. Um, yes. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge Brian Wilson fan. I, it's got this impossible to dance to really bizarre... But couldn't she sway? I mean, they're like, going to be all in love and dance. Maybe. Go ahead and play it and we'll listen. You'll hear the part I'm talking about. What a great song. I mean, it's almost... It's, it's pretty flawless. I may not always 
Now that's a bit of a downer. <laughs> no, nobody says, but then as long as there are stars right. above you. <laughs> See, as long as there are stars above you, you never need I'll to doubt it. Oh, I love this song. It's such a great song. Great, great song. So, he, in fact, she's done his time. I'm sorry? Like his in law. Was it? Was it? <laughs> Where did she go? Uh, oh, did you guys. Can you pause that for a second? Yeah. Hey, I think we're getting a cut out here. Lisa, did you say something? Yeah, didn't at the time that he wrote this, wasn't he actually cheating on his wife with his sister-in-law? Yeah, but he's crazy, so it's, <laughs> right, it's right. all right. He's crazy and paranoid. Why do you have to spoil yeah. the memory? Lisa? I know you're right. You're right. Well, that's all right. Hey, if you really want to be creepy, think about this. You know that Beach Boy song? Do you have it paused there? Yeah. All right. Think about that Beach Boy song, Wendy. The Wendy, Wendy left me, and it's about a woman who like left him because she was humping some other guy. Realize the fact that he quote wrote that and named it after his daughter. So think oh, about <laughs> think about that the next time you hear the song Wendy that it's uh, about his daughter somehow who is like five, so that's a little creepy. Okay, so here's the the second part of this, and then go through this weird staccato part. Okay, all right. You could do what you're do saying. like a little jig yeah, or something there. Yeah, you need to do a jig. You can just keep going back and forth. Because it never does that again. Then it just returns to the regular tempo. Right, so. yeah. A little spin there. If, we, if we're, if we're uh, depending on how much alcohol we've had. There maybe you, you go. Could you could choreograph like a little, a little moment in time. i got to say, really, honestly, you, you cannot go wrong with God Only Knows as a love song. That's I mean, a really good call. I, it, you know, I think I'm going to have to put it up there on the web. It's an unabashed classic. It's Paul McCartney's favorite pop song. It's the first pop song to ever use the word God in the title. I mean, it's Brian Wilson. Oh, it's, it's, really? it's off Pet Sounds. Yes, it is. There were no previously... Uh, that is the first top 40 single uh, to ever use the word God wow. in the title. Uh, and it's from Pet Sounds, which uh, to many people is uh, you know the definitive album of, of that of that kind. Right. I mean, it's certainly up there with Sgt. Pepper. So, it's up there. That's true. It's brilliant. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I throw my weight behind anything Brian Wilson does. So... I I was strongly endorse that. All right, it's 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 in there. All it right. is in the ring. I know you gotta you gotta go here in a second. Let's let's quickly. I know we have a couple people who just want to weigh in briefly on this. If you can do okay. that. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. This is John. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi. Hi, Rick. Hey, Hi. what's up? Um, uh, that song, wouldn't it be nice, by the Beach Boys, always reminded me of the germ of a relationship when that kernel is first developing and everybody's just all doughy-eyed. It's almost like a childlike perspective of what falling in love is all about. Wouldn't it be nice as great, too, because it has because they're clearly teenagers. And, you well, know, exactly. It's and it has that line. We can, it does have that line about we could be married and then we'd be happy. Yeah, and, and I always just kind of saw like two young people just kind of walking off into the, you know, the off into the picture together, kind of holding hands. You know what I mean? Just that starry-eyed period. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice, um, wouldn't it be nice is probably, probably my favorite Beach Boy song of all time. No. I mean, God only knows it's a great Please. song, but yeah, wouldn't it be nice is probably my favorite because it's, wow. it's, it has that little glissando at the beginning that the harp does. It does that, uh, hey, where, wow. which I believe that beginning of wouldn't it be nice where there's that dun, 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 which is actually Brian Wilson, I think, opening the inside of a piano and hitting the wires of the piano with a hammer. So he's ridiculous. Wow. I think John is ordering something at a drive-through, so we're gonna let him go. Thank you, John. Uh, let's do just a couple more here, and then we'll uh, move on. This is uh, Nick. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. 
What's up? Hey, I uh, got married in July, in which our uh, common friend Nate Baker was the officiant. But besides that, um, I used God Only Knows as the song for my mother-son dance. And that one works really well. It is pretty danceable. Um, but as for a first song for Lisa, uh, there's a band, Bright Eyes, that has a song, First Day of My Life. Hey, my a great, very simplistic song, but it's beautiful. Hey, my brother got married last year, and actually everybody remembers the whole drama there because I put off buying a suit until like two days beforehand. The J. Crew Linen one? Yeah, oh my, God. when my brother, my brother got married last year, and that Bright Eyes song was what they used. Oh, that's great. I, like that. I, I don't know beautiful. that song. I'll check it out. I'm not a big Bright Eyes fan, uh, but my sister created like a guitar a vocal arrangement for three female voices. And my sister and her daughters, or her daughter and, and a, a niece, sang uh, that Bright Eyes song. That, that Bright Eyes song really is beautiful. Very simple, very straightforward, cool. but, but wonderful. So Yeah, we had our musician play, who's Tony Smiley in town. He's a really good single guy that plays uh, loop music. But he did a great song, learned it really quick. But, yeah, it turned out really, really well. Lots of tears. Excellent. No, that's a, that's a really beautiful song. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, we'll do one more. Let me see if I've got this, though. Let me see if I've... Okay, listen, this is... Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, this opening beginning, yes. Brian, like, hitting the, the, awesome. the inside of the hammer. But it has these great... Um, probably too fast to dance to for a first dance. No, it's great. Could work. Now, see, the, the argument for this one is that it's um, it's a little more jubilant. It's a yes. little more celebratory than God Only Knows, which is a what little bit of... What movie is this from at some point when he's just broken up with somebody and he's laying in his room listening to this? I don't know, but they use it in Roger and Me at to devastating effect. Oh, that's right. While they're showing boarded-up houses and oh, businesses, yeah. and they're talking to the guy who went crazy uh, on the assembly line and had to be institutionalized. That's right. And they're, they're showing all of these boarded up businesses down Main Street and they're playing Wouldn't It Be Nice and it just gives me chills to think about mm -hmm. it. Um, listen, and then let's hear just one of the most beautiful middle sections in all of pop here. Just right here. marriage part. There's something kind of creepy about this song, though. Well, because like all the great... Sorry. Sarah noted that there's something creepy. Like all the great Beach Boys songs, though, it is simultaneously happy and sad. Uh, it's all the, because Brian Wilson was just crazy and and manic depressive and you know the horrible you know you know the whole story with that family where they're all nuts and abusive and whatever right and so all of the great beach boy songs are simultaneously longing yet hopeful and you know he's happy when he's sad and he's sad when he's happy uh, and that's why all the like if you listen to all summer long by the beach boys it's just so plaintive sounding even when it's jubilant i mean the guy was never able to be a hundred percent happy um you listen to Surfer Girl, which is the first song he wrote, which is just a, an incredibly sad-sounding song, even though he's talking about how in love he is. So, anyway, my vote, I think, probably, 
I don't know. I, it either goes to wouldn't it be nicer or God only knows if we're talking okay. Beach Boys. I wouldn't even know where to go. So. You know, wouldn't it be nice loses points be, because it actually has that part where, you know, and we can get mad. I mean, that's a little over-the-top reference to what's going on. I said it's a little on the nose. Too cheesy, yeah. yeah. Well, God only knows is a classic. You can never, no one would ever fault you for that. And, you know, you, and let's, and if you care about these sorts of things, you do gain just the time, you get, you gain a little hipster point by using God only knows because it's off pet sounds. So yes. any, anybody who's in attendance who wears horn rim glasses will think you're a little bit cooler. True, true. All right. All right. This is good stuff. All right. I'm, oh, I, I hope we've accomplished something here. Oh, today. my gosh. Yeah, you, you guys may have saved me. Although, I'll tell you, Car- Carly Simon has really climbed the charts oh, on the website. Seriously, you can't let that happen. I, I mean, know. Really. You don't want to look back at that and it, like somebody was making some sort of weird, you know. No, I will say, you know, Jay, I, I do like the song much more than... You know, before I sat down and listened to the whole song. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to, and I don't mean to be unduly harsh about the Carly Simon thing. It's just a very, the song has become a little tainted over the years because yeah. of the, the way people view it and the context, and because it's so. about Bond sticking it to some so. girl. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, before we go, just uh, we never did come up with a flawless uh, Larry Craig joke yesterday. I the only here's the closest we got. Our friend um, Nate, who was actually just referenced by a caller earlier, came up with this. Our friend Nate Baker, I hope he doesn't mind that I identify him, came up with this. Um, this is the best one we got, which was, "What do you call it when you go into a bathroom stall and written on the wall is Dave, Stan, Timothy, Robert, Charles, and Stephen?" Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist. And then he actually typed out "ha" with an exclamation mark underneath it. That's the closest <laughs> we really ever came. Yeah, you know what? I think that counts. I mean, it's not. You know, it's not the most hilarious joke ever, but that that is a solid joke it's using okay. Craigslist. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's decent. Um, all right, just qualifies. I apologize for this in advance, but Scotty has asked that when this call is done, I place you on hold so he can speak to you. Oh, uh oh. Okay. So I apologize for whatever you're about to be subjected to. Okay, great. All right, enjoy the rest of your uh, week okay. and your weekend. Thank we'll you. talk to you soon. Thank you, Lisa Goddard, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I remembered where it was from. It's from uh, this Ad- the Adam Sandler movie with um, Drew Barrymore, Fifty First States. Uh, which and I never their saw. Song. Really. It isn't bad. It's, uh, you know, uh, Adam Sandler is a likable guy, certainly. And, uh, you know, there's obviously nothing wrong with Drew Barrymore. I have, I have, no, I have no problem with that. Um, so uh, we'll take a break here. Tim Riley, do we have something to play into the break, Sarah? Should we play into the... Let's not use Carly Simon. Do you have something you want to play into the break here? I didn't know if you had a... Uh, um, no? I'm sure I could find something. We could just use our... Uh, I could just use... Wouldn't it be nice or we could use our regular bump music? Didn't know if you wanted to make a little special. I could play Carly Simon. Well, you know that I usually like it to be special. Oh, no, I don't want to hear that Carly Simon song. Right, <laughs> right here. All right, I'm trying to look for another beach with Okay, fine, just play it. Oh, wait, no, we'll, uh, we'll do this. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Show. Tim Riley next with a new news hour. Stay right there.
Rick Emerson radio program. Okay, so we got we got that. I told you about the time I chased Paul McCartney down the street, right? No. In London. Oh yeah, but I don't remember anything about it. We were at Waterstone at the book at the bookstore, and we were doing one of the bus tours. You're Paul McCartney. And just like just so happened, right when we were driving by, he came out of the bookstore. I wonder how many girls have chased Paul McCartney down the street. I mean, it's got to be like we're twenty million. Yeah, it's got to be hundreds of thousands by now. Yeah, the I ones mean, who weren't paid to throw jelly beans. I didn't realize what I was doing, but it's like you see Paul McCartney, you run. You know, and he probably just doesn't even, he's not even faced by that. Another girl, I'm going to run? He turned around and waved at me. Really? Uh-huh. The key with celebrities, as I've, I'm told, I mean, this is like, like not a thing I would ever have to deal with, obviously. I mean, you know, people, can you sign a thing? Sure, I'll sign a thing. But if you're like a big celebrity, I, this is the thing every big celebrity has ever told me. Because I'll say, like, you know, do you just, you know, I'll interview so-and-so be like, hey, is it hard to go out? And they say the deal is you just never stop walking. If someone comes up to you in the street, they got you know, they want you to sign whatever. The deal is you'll sign it, but you never stop walking. Because if you stop, they congregate. It's like you keep walking, and they, they fall away from you eventually. Well, now in this day, it's just like um, all these people have their cell phones glued to their ears all the totally. time. Totally. Okay, so there's this. This is a wedding song suggestion for Lisa Goddard. Now, let's contrast that with this, Sarah. Jason Sporbert's choice. Heck, heck. heck. Tim is voting with his stomach. Bad. Nobody does it better. Makes me feel sad for What about the first time I ever saw your face, Roberta Flack? Uh, I don't never know. Okay. Same thing. No. It is. That's totally. No, I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not even gonna say it. I don't wish for there to be the perception that I'm railing on her fiance. You are. I don't. I'm not. I'm really not. But I'm saying, look, I'm a guy, and I know guys. Okay, I know dudes, and I can smell when someone is trying to live out a James Bond fantasy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I'm a dude, and I know how dudes think. And I know why that song means a lot to a guy, because it's a James Bond song. I mean, I can tell when a guy is trying to picture himself in a double-breasted tuxedo shaking, you know, shaking a martini. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. First, some breaking news. Whole Foods is closing two stores in the greater Portland area. Really? They're both wild oats because Whole Foods bought out wild oats. Or I can never remember it who doesn't owns matter. what. Yeah, it's all the same store. Well, anyway, they're closing down the Southwest Hillsdale neighborhood store and the brand new one at the Bridgeport Village Mall in Tualatin. So, uh, well, it doesn't affect me. No. It's not in your neighborhood. There you go. <laughs> it's totally spoken like an American. Long as not in my backyard. Right. Okay, the husband who uh, hired the guy to kill his wife, wh- whose wife in turn uh, killed the hitman, gets 10 years in prison. The man who admitted to hiring the hitman who failed to kill his wife gets 10 years in the who's cow. He said, I hurt a lot of people, and I'm sorry. Actually, he only hurt his wife. And uh, she killed the guy. Uh, the wife spoke for more than an hour detailing her struggle with the man who tried to kill her, but then she strangled the guy, remember? So she came out on top. Uh, this woman's name is uh, Sue, is it? I believe so. 
Anyway, uh, the intruder attacked the woman, 41-year-old Sue Kulhazen, with a hammer when she arrived home. In hammer? On September 6, 2006. She fought the guy up and strangled him with her bare hands. Oh, yeah, that Remember? was a great story. I love her. Uh-huh. And didn't this guy work at Fantasy Video? I, uh, I think he did. I I'm not that saying that that's the friend. case. Maybe. I, I think it's Well, true. they don't advertise. Do they? Uh, do they? I don't know. I think they might. They should. I think they do. Well, He didn't work there. No, not anymore. <laughs> Uh, prosecutors say the husband hired Edward Happy, a former co-worker. We're not saying where he worked. And Happy told acquaintances he planned to kill the man's wife for $25,000 in advance and $25,000 afterwards. And, uh, yeah, Happy worked for Coolhausen in an adult bookstore. But we're not saying where. No. Uh, he wanted his wife killed to avoid losses in the divorce. So she confronts this guy today and she says, quote, as long as I live, I will never have a measure of peace, but I will not be destroyed. Excellent. Susan. Good for her. Well done. Uh, apparently, she held up photographs of her bruised and bloodied face to show to her husband and said, quote, You told police that you found out I was okay. Do I look okay? Then when it was over, she said, Well, shall we go to lunch? I feel great. She's, she's a feisty one. She's she a spitfire is what she is. She's a good strangler. <laughs> strangler? I barely knew her. It's been like a day. Okay, this one's even stranger. Oh, is this, Maybe this is bizarre. All right. Yeah. The headline on this is, A family uses a hearse and a murder-suicide. A father, a mother, and a five- or a six-year-old child have been found dead in their home. The officers went to the northeast of Portland home, which is, I guess, in Sarah's neighborhood. But he got an email from relatives from a family in Southern California. The man emailed the family to inform them that the family was attempting a murder-suicide. Uh, they don't know why the parents wanted to commit suicide and kill the child, which is horrible. They should have committed suicide if they wanted to left the child. Uh, officers arrived and found a hose hooked to the exhaust pipe of a hearse parked in the driveway. The hose was connected to a duct in the home. They disconnected the home and uh, forced their way inside. All three were carried outside and they performed CPR, but all three were dead. Now, I don't mean to, to uh, unpleasantly dwell on technical details here, but I didn't think, maybe I'm wrong, and it is a hearse, which sort of yeah. is the, the variable here. I didn't think it was possible any longer to kill yourself with the carbon monoxide from your car in the age of catalytic converters. I thought... Obviously, that's incorrect. I mean, I guess I'm wrong. I mean, I guess the yes, I guess the the empirical data suggests that I am I'm correct, uh, incorrect. I thought that that was one of the side effects of catalytic converters in cars is that the carbon monoxide output was now so low that you couldn't use it to kill yourself anymore. That's the that's the thing. That's why this is really creepy, actually. But I was reading this article. Mm -hmm. They noticed that there has been a strong upsurge in the amount of people killing themselves, like what's-his-name from Boston did, where he, they seal themselves up in a room with, like, a barbecue grill or something because you can't use a car to do it anymore because the catalytic converter strips out so much of the carbon monoxide. But, you know, if it's a hearse, it might have been an old-style yeah. an old style car. We don't know how old it was. Anyway, well, that's creepy. I mean, seriously, next time, just off yourselves and, like, send the kid to grandma's for the weekend or something. If you that's you nice. really feel like you've got to be such goddamn irresponsible parents that you're going to kill yourselves, mm -hmm. uh, why don't you send a kid to camp or something? My friend that I went out with last night lives right in that area, and uh. she couldn't get home because they had blocked off the entire thing, and she just wrote me today and said that it happened. It was her neighbor. Jesus. What, do they wonder why the hearse was in the driveway? Was it their own hearse? Well, and did, did, I mean... It's a little early to be assigning blame, but, I mean, did no one notice that there was a hearse with a hose coming off the exhaust yeah. pipe? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the sort of thing that one might label suspicious. Mm -hmm. uh, what do I know? Well, now a tale of life. 
A woman has been found alive after spending 10 days in the deep Oregon woods. And she's like 80 years old, isn't she? 76. Yeah. Doris Anderson was located on a steep canyon in Baker County with a hip injury. Uh, she was alert and conscious. She's been, uh, she was flown up by a helicopter. They were looking for the woman, and uh, 70 people were looking for her at one time. Uh, it, the family had uh, put together a memorial service for her this coming weekend. Oh, that's creepy. They thought yeah. she was dead. Mm-hmm. And so, wait, how did she get into the woods? Well, I guess she got lost. But, I mean, was she was she uh, somehow mentally, uh, was she confused? Did she, or did, was there like a car crashed in the woods and she didn't know how to get out? Uh, let's see. She disappeared. Uh, she went hiking in the canyon, apparently. Okay. Uh, she didn't have, like, Alzheimer's or something. Just, she got lost hiking. Apparently. That's so. weird. She survived for 10 days. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, actually. You're 76, and, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, even if you're in the best of physical health, 76 is not like you're in the prime of your life or anything. That's and, pretty And they bought her because there were some mean-looking birds chirping away right next to her. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. That's totally creepy. She was dehydrated. She claimed of a sore hip and leg. She drifted in and out of consciousness. Uh, let's see. The uh, U.S. Forest Service uh, dispatched a helicopter. Paramedics began administering fluids. Uh, she was in good spirits. She wanted to make sure she had lunch. Uh, she wanted to go home uh, to Sandy and drink two glasses of water and sleep for a while. Excellent. Good for her. I always admire people who are, you know, like 80 years old and it's just like that too mean to die kind of a thing. Like, I will not be killed by nature. Just like, uh, you know, every so often. And it's always old people where it's like some guy who's like uh, 85 and he's attacked by a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. And the story always ends with him picking up the snake and just bashing it against some rocks down by the stream because he's decided he's too pissed off to die. And nighttime temperatures. Uh... Dropped to like 30 degrees. It's what the creepiest part of that article uh, is how they're, um, you know, they were planning the memorial service. You know, that's totally shades of Tom Sawyer. That is that is one of the best pieces of writing in American history mm-hmm. where where Tom Sawyer attends his own funeral because everybody is convinced that he is dead. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the trip was her first to this area. She'd been there, uh, or her family had been there before. She was reported missing by her husband. About 70 volunteers come in the mountains for four or five days. Yeah, they had dogs out there and everything. Uh, she was last seen August 24th in the Eagle Creek area shortly after the couple's 1999 Chevy Tahoe became stuck. Harold Anderson broke his wrist trying to unload an all-terrain vehicle from a utility trailer pulled by an SUV and was in pain in the hours before she vanished. The uh, couple left the SUV to set off on foot toward a main U.S. Uh, Forest Service road hoping to find help. That's where you always run into trouble. You really don't know if you're going the right way or not. Apparently not. Stay on the path. After uh, pausing to rest, they agreed that Doris would hike back to the SUV while Harold proceeded on. They reported her missing the next day when he was rescued by a group of bow hunters. So it turned out to be a husband and wife thing. Uh, Harold Anderson required surgery for broken wrist. Uh, the couple has two daughters. So uh, that's that. The biggest obstacle in finding Doris Anderson was the extremely rugged and bushy terrain. They would have to uh, walk right up to her and find her. So they were lucky they found those mean-looking birds. Chirping next to her to find her. So well, good for her. Well done. So that's that. She's a 76. Not bad. Then we have this guy in Vancouver who sliced off the ear of a guy who broke into his house. <laughs> the ear has been recovered, and two men have been arrested. They're charged with first-degree burglary. This incident took place at a home near East 33rd Street, near X Street in Vancouver. Is it really called X Street? X Street. Street. Who would live in such a place? I don't know. Doesn't X Street sound like they're not quite done making the map for that place? X Street they only have two more streets to go. Really? X Street is sort of like you're in that before stage of the Langoliers, you know, where things aren't quite put together? Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, man missing the ear was found at a hospital. Police reportedly matched the uh, severed ear to the man at the hospital. It's unclear 
Why the attackers broke into the home and threatened the 28-year-old residents. The attackers and the victim apparently knew each other, as they always do. Yeah. Pardon me, you've got a little injury here. Then we have the uh, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office launching an investigation into allegations. Sorry. Are you okay over there? I always get sneezy. I wonder if it's the nose ring. It could be. Maybe you're allergic to the nose ring. I hadn't thought about that. That's what I was thinking about. But it's heels. No, but 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 you're not not wearing the you're not wearing the ring. You're wearing the retainer. No, it's the ring. I just took the ball out. Yeah, but it's only in this room though. I don't Mm -hmm. sneeze at all for the rest of the day. Hey, have you seen this thing about Larry Craig's daughter? I don't mean to interrupt, but if you, you reminded me of something. Did you see this thing about Larry Craig's daughter with the having the arrest warrant out for her? No, I want to hear about it. Okay, you can, as, as Sneathan pointed out, uh, friend Chris Sneathan from OnTheVig.com, you can uh, you can absolutely figure out what this is. The defendant, Shay S. Howell, on or about the 19th day of June uh, 2006 in the city of Boise, Idaho, did enter into a certain dwelling house without the consent of David G. Howell. Uh, she then did maliciously injure certain personal property, not her own. Um, to wit, and here's the thing, you can immediately tell what this is. So it is her breaking into a guy's house, obviously while he's not there, then maliciously injuring his property. The property she injured? Photographs of David G. Howell. So what is she? She's crazy ex-girlfriend you can totally tell that from the story that's exactly what you my my opinion that's exactly what she is broke into a guy's house and just tore up photographs of him and you know they're either photographs of him with her or photographs of him with the new girl he's banging so there he goes a video crazy girlfriend i wonder if she's good looking she's crazy she might be Mm -hmm. all right here's tim riley now we have the sheriff's office here in the county Launching an investigation into allegations that a local corrections deputy bragged about using a taser gun on people in an Internet chat room. Uh, let's see. Apparently, uh, what's this guy's name? The deputy is identified as David B. Thompson. He may also be charged with filing a false police report to cover up the beating of an inmate. Now, this doesn't sound very good. Uh, according to authorities, Thompson used a county work computer to play the online video game City of Heroes while on the job and then post- posted about the joy... He gets hurting people in jail. <laughs> Your tax dollars at work. What do you do for fun? Well, I uh, collect matchbooks. What about you? I hurt people in jail. Uh, the Tribune, which is some kind of newspaper here. Oh, that's a little it's a leaflet. It takes about five seconds to read. Uh, says the deputy using the screen name Trafalgar said, quote, seeing Trafalgar? Uh-huh. As in Trafalgar Square? That's correct. That's quote, creepy. Seeing someone get tasered is second only to pulling the trigger. That is money. It puts a smile on your face. Unquote. It's money. Mm-hmm. All right. This guy sounds like a real winner. In another chat, the article uh, claims the deputy said, quote, I crushed the dude's eye socket <laughs> for I'm repeatedly sorry. punching him. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. And, and then I charged him with menacing and harassment of me. I crushed a dude's eye socket. I crushed a dude's eye it's socket. A... <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh at the... He took a plea to get away the, from me. He should have picked somebody else to try and fight. I, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh at the abuse of a citizen by a police officer. It really is just the way he chose to phrase it. And the word there is dude. That's what sells that whole thing. It all hinges on the word dude. Because you just say, look, I beat a man until his face caved in. That's less amusing. When you and, 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 and Entertainers of all stripes will know that this is true. But when you put it as, I crushed a dude's eye socket, that really is when it has the ring of comedy to it. Well done, sir, comedically speaking. Now, apparently, the uh, the eye socket dude matches the case from 2005 where Thompson claimed an inmate attacked him. Uh-huh. So a criminal investigation has been launched. You see if the deputy lie. We know they don't. 
Uh, the post suggests it suggests the guy gets off on violence and enjoys tasering people and crushing the eye sockets of dudes everywhere. Uh, let's see here. Uh, according to uh, Trafalgar's online chat, the deputy's posted more than 1,700 messages on the City of Heroes website since January. At one point, he allegedly posted 64 messages in 24 hours. Wonderful. Uh, in some posts, uh, Thompson bragged about only playing the game at work. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cop where? In Portland. But I mean in like... Uh, well, no, we the sheriff's office. Okay, so it's not in an outlying area. No, it's, it's here. right here. Yeah. That's wonderful. They're crushing a dude's eye socket. <laughs> you know, and it's because, as Sarah pointed out, everything this week sounds like an onion headline. Mm-hmm. The way that it's written, though, with the crushing a dude's eye socket, it totally sounds like one of those onion stories where they take the very small, plain-spoken incident and they do it like it's, you know... Um, you know, Doyle Redland reporting. A bunch of guys jump out of nowhere and start wailing on this one dude. It's the Onion Radio News. That's exactly what that would be. All right. Well, there you go. So try to avoid having your eye sockets crushed if you talk to a cop today. We have another spider story, but first this one. Spider? Okay. Federal charges have been filed against a Kansas man for selling memberships in the fake Indian tribe. Uh, Malcolm Weber told illegal aliens that buying into the tribe would keep them from being deported. Weber went by the name... Chief Thunderbird the fourth. <laughs> Chief Thunderbird the I'm fourth. Gonna, I'm going to be Chief Ripple. Mm-hmm. Chief Night Train. He was marketing memberships in the so-called Kiwa Indian Nation. Uh, they alleged that uh, Weber promised those who bought the tribe membership that they would get Social Security accounts and documentation. Uh-huh. The reports are coming from numerous states. Uh, four nationals presenting documents bought from Weber. Yeah. They've also seen three hundred thousand dollars from an account in the name of the phony Kiwa Indian Nation. Get those spider stories out. Finally, somebody wants to hear about that spider biting you. And this is the Oregon Poison Center. They want your spider bite stories, whether or not the spiders are dead or alive. The center is part of OHSU. They're investigating spider bites in the Northwest. They're studying which spider bites cause infection. Now, see, this is the part that should really unnerve you, though. Not, I mean, it's not like that spider web story we had yesterday or me, you know, the, the spider, you know, the, the, uh, Raul having the spider bite on his face or whatever. Mm-hmm. The part that should really unnerve you is that they are trying to do this so casually that OHSU, for reasons that they are not elaborating on, for reasons they are not explaining, for reasons that they are not quantifying, they must have got a grasp. Stud- suddenly and mysteriously are looking for your spider bite stories mm-hmm. so that they can discuss and determine what kinds of spiders are active in Portland. This means they know something that we don't. This is like the first scene in that outbreak film. You know what I mean? They always just, you know, something. They know something that they're still trying to prove or quantify, and they're not going to share it with the public quite yet. There is clearly some sort of radioactive bionic super spider all over Portland that they are just now learning the existence of. Now, they're particularly interested in hobo spiders uh-huh. and whether they bite humans. Oh, they do bite humans. They're natives of the Northwest, you know. They kill you. Dead. Uh, they've been implicated as a source of ulcers and skin infections for many years, and its venom has been demonstrated to cause tissue death when injected into the skin of animals. Now, but there's a debate going on whether or not the spider ever bites or is capable of biting humans. Now, have they, have they clarified what type of spider bit your gentleman friend on the face? No, they didn't know. They just said that it was. It, it appeared to be a spider bite, but then it got, you know, infected. So but it's, it's an, all. It's good now. I mean, it's almost. So it's gone away. Gone. So it was an infection. It wasn't. Uh, He's still rocking the band-aid, though. He didn't have like a. It wasn't like the horrible, like the blood where it gets all black and with the dead tissue and so forth. It was pretty gross. It might have been a hobo spider. It might, yeah, because it got. Oh, it was so wrong. 
it was like, yeah, it was really swollen, and, like, the inside was black. And like, he only showed it to me once, and I'm like, seriously, if you ever want me to touch you again, stop showing me that. Leave the bandage on. Ugh. Ever since then, he's left the bandage on. Okay. Oh, hey, I can't even think be. about it. <laughs> I'm trying not to be superficial. <laughs> well, really, I mean, never mind. It was like a... I don't wish to sound cruel. Do you want me to, okay, it is the lunch hour. It was like a black hole. Ah. Like somebody took a, like a pencil and you take the eraser and a pencil and then like light it on fire and then stick it in your face. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it was that shape. It was like a hole. And it was black. Heck. And it was black. That sounds like necrotic tissue, Sarah. That sounds like the. That sounds like exactly what the hobo spider does. Let me. I'm gonna find some pictures and you can pick it out of a lineup. He took pictures with his phone just so oh, we, no, just so really? we can show yeah what it looked like in the. I never looked at him. So he can show, like, who? So he can show, like, all of his In the future, his children who someday? Who all, like, think it's... Who all, like, looking at that kind Look of at thing. this boss hole in my face. Oh, all right. I'm, so bad. I'm a new uh, hobo spider bite. Mm. I'll look it up here. Hold on. All right. Here's well, Tim, Tim well anyway, the Oregon Poison Center takes about 1,200 calls a year from Oregonians concerned about possible spider bites. Now, if you actually see a spider bite, they want you to call this number and talk to a spider person. 800-222-1222. And if you catch a spider, they'd like that, too. So it's 800-222-1222. These spiders are freaky looking, That's man. creepy. So they want you to collect them, though? Yeah. yeah. Well, I told you I found that there was one uh, in my front yard last summer. I found oh a hobo God. spider in my itch. front yard. Um, and I know it was a hobo spider. I'm not being paranoid. Because one of the hallmarks... Because, first of all, uh, later... Um, I went and looked online, and I looked at a picture of it, and it looked just like that. But, of course, the thing is, hobo spiders look like another spider. Exactly. Are they brown? I forget. Yeah, they're brown. They're, they look real distinctive. There's like a little stripey things, I think. But the deal is, they look exactly like some other certain kind of spider, but the, the, t- the telltale trait of the hobo spider is that it typically does not create its own web. It goes into some existing web and either kills the spider or just, like, kicks it out and takes over. And so I happened to be looking at a spider web in my front yard as a hobo spider, like, crawled onto the web and started to fight with the other spider to, like, kick it out of its nest or out of its web. So it was with great pleasure that I went inside and I got my little electrocution thing that kills insects. And I came out and just zapped that thing right right back to hell. And uh, that made me feel good. It was a productive day. Here's Tim Riley. So the question researchers are looking into today is, do boys ruin school for girls? The conventional wisdom is boys benefit from being in the classroom with girls, but girls do not benefit from being in the classroom with boys. According to this latest survey, boys pollute the educational system Uh for a number of mysterious reasons. They wear down teachers, disrupt classes, and ruin the atmosphere for everyone. And more boys are worse than fewer boys, not because they egg each other on, but simply because more of them cause more trouble in total. That is rather troubling for all the girls in class. More parents are sending their girls to all-girls schools. Apparently to this. That's from Slate Magazine. Oh, going to, to Green Gables. Yes. Uh, what else do we have here? Well, the president uh, talks with South Korean President Ro Muhu ended on a sour note, not over the war in Iraq, but rather the Korean conflict that ended in the truce more than five decades ago. Uh, there was an awkward exchange... There were sit-downs, apparently. Uh, Bush said during his talks with Roe, he reaffirmed the U.S. position that Washington will consider the war only over when North Korean uh, leader Kim Jong-il, oh, that's Kim Jong-il, officially dismantles his nuclear program. 
I thought he didn't have a nuclear. I thought he was denying that now that he had. Yeah. Well, you know, know we are. I don't care. Uh, whether Roe heard Bush say this through the translator wasn't good enough. I think I will not hear President Bush mention the declaration of the end of the Korean War just now, said Roe as the clamors clicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bush thought he was being clear, but he restated the opinion, but that wasn't good enough either. It may take a bit of clearance in your message, and Bush was more irritated. I can't make it more clear, Mr. President. We look forward to the day when we can end the Korean War, and that will end when uh, Kim gets rid of his weapons. He just like he just wants to be able to say, I'm kicking ass like every, about every country, not just about Iraq. Uh, apparently, by the way, we looked high and low, and I had Fat Boy in court uh, help me out with this, too. There is no audio of Bush saying, we're kicking ass in Iraq. Was sadly. it made up? Uh, I don't think it was made up, but I think it's a thing he said An off the cuff legend? to a reporter. There were several reporters, apparently, who witnessed it, but it was not in front of a mic. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, sir or madam, as the case may be. How you doing? What's up? Okay, so, A, that guy that got his ear sliced off, my brother was right in that neighborhood, and it is ghetto. Um, a lot of tweakers. Two, I came home from work yesterday to my wife, well, actually, my son telling me how there was a big spider in the backyard and how he was going to kill it, it but did. our Russian neighbor informed him not to touch it because it's poisonous. My wife goes out, looks at it, sees a big, juicy, juicy. hairy brown spider with white spots. Are you listening, Sarah? And... Um, they crushed it with a rock. With a rock. He, hold, on, he, hold on, just, hold on, just one second. Okay. Hold on. These stories are always best when it's some insect or arachnid that is so massive, you have to get a disproportionately heavy... That's like your sister using a heavy book to kill a cockroach the other day. Well, all right, actually, okay, go ahead, I, rock. I, I kill all the spiders in my house, and I wasn't home, so I got to feel that's why she got the rock. Okay, but, so, so rock crushes spider. Anyway. Anyway, she goes inside, and the TV was on. Apparently, just as they get done splatting this over this spider, ah. the news comes on, and they're talking about a hybrid spider that will send you to the ER if it gets bitten or bites you. They put the picture of the friggin' spider that she crushed on TV. She was freaked out when I got home. Yeah, no, that's the thing, right? That right as that ho- that hobo spider in my front yard, and then it was right at the news. The news story started. Hobo spiders are rampant in Southeast Portland. The uh, yeah. it's freaky. A hybrid spider. That's the kind that can go 89 miles without having to stop to eat. They'll just Dude, they'll track you all across the city to kill you. It's coming with the Russians because our neighbor was like, "You don't want to touch that. It's uh, it's poisonous. Kill you dead." To my four-year-old son, you know. Me? So of course, <laughs> uh, the Russians are doing it. <laughs> I knew if we just let you talk, we'd get something funny at the end. Thank you, sir. Talk to the gulag with that. There you go. Seriously, say. The vodka-powered spider. Oh, Barack uh, Obama's going to be here tonight at 8 o'clock. Re- he, here in, in this convention room? center. Oh. No, we wish he did. He'll be on miles Maybe around Scotty tomorrow. Cush it, 25 bucks to see him. Really? Only 25 bucks? Yeah. I almost feel like I should go. Oregon Convention Center, doors open at 8. Nah, I'm not going to go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Uh, I was uh, calling... You remember you were talking about Brad Delp earlier from Boston? Yes, yes. Uh, Brad Delp killed himself with a barbecue grill. Are you sure it was the bar- with the barbecue grill? Because I heard it, it was actually he hooked a hose to the tailpipe of his car, turned it on, and locked himself in a bathroom. No, he was. Uh, he had uh, two grills. He had sealed himself with duct tape inside the bathroom and had uh, had two uh, burning grills going inside. Uh, that was the police report. I, I do believe that it is now very difficult, if not impossible, to kill yourself with the carbon monoxide from any recent car because of catalytic converters stripping out carbon monoxide. Okay. I do and, believe that's the case. 
All right, and one more thing. My high school newspaper, Yes, sir. Uh, we're, we're starting up this uh, new section on it, and we're picking a YouTube video and putting it and, like, kind of advertising it to uh, the people at our school. So you're highlighting a different YouTube video each week. Right, and uh, one of the first video we're going to do is the uh, Miss Teen South Carolina. Oh, really? That's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Have you, uh, let me ask you this, have you, let me see if I can find it out while we're talking. What is your, would, you, would you like to uh, promote this, or would you like to say what high school you go to? Uh, Barlow High School in Gresham. Man. Barlow High School in Gresham. Uh, yeah. What's the team mascot there? The Bruin. Okay. All right. Hold on. Uh, I'm typing while we're talking here. Um, let's see if I can find this. There is something great here. Let me see if I can get it to play. This, I believe... Uh, I hope this is the right one. I hope this is the George the George Bush one. Um, this is uh, there's this there's this great site that says uh, you're the man now dog uh, dot com which they have great uh, they have great videos they put up and someone has created the best thing. It is and that's a lot of free time. They took George W. Bush's speeches like the last three years and they just parsed every George Bush speech there was. Until they were able to assemble that Miss Carolina, that teen South Carolina speech from George Bush's <laughs> own own words, and oh, so they they awesome. now have George Bush actually giving that uh, that Miss Teen South Carolina. Now that's not it. See, that's that's the one. Give me one more second here. This is, in fact, Tim. Do you want to, sir? Why don't you hang on? Don't go anywhere. Tim, do you want to read one okay. more story here? Yes, I will. Here is something to irritate you. Two bridge repair works are going on over the weekend. The I-5 Interstate Bridge is going to be closed in both directions beginning at 9 o'clock Saturday until 8 a.m. Sunday. ODOT crews are completing several repairs. You're going to have to use I-205 to get around that closure. And in downtown Portland, construction crews are closing down the Burnside Bridge at 8 o'clock tonight. And it won't reopen until 6 a.m. Monday. That's the Burnside Bridge. All right. You didn't need it anyway. No, you didn't need it. All right. I can't seem to find it. Isn't the fact that we're all going to be traveling back and forth for Music Fest Northwest? Totally. Well, that's... That sucks. uh, You know, how much of that stuff is happening near downtown? How much of that stuff could you... Like, if you were on a bike downtown? I'm a Yamini Rhymer bike. There's um, the Roseland, the Crystal, Ash Street, for bodies, uh, the Tube... All right. Yeah. Like, it's it's all done. It's everywhere. That's going to be a pain. Uh, What was your name, sir? Robbie. Robbie. All right. I'll tell you what, Robbie. Uh, I will. I will look into this. If you're going to be listening, I'll try to track this down. It is fantastic, though, where someone has reassembled the Miss Teen South Carolina thing using George Bush's words. Uh, so I will find that. I'll try to play that later on uh, in the hour. All right. All right. All right what, cool. is the, what is the What is the name of your newspaper there at the school? The Bruin Banner. The Bruin Banner. All right. Excellent. Thank you for listening, Robbie. Call us anytime. All right. Thank you. There you go. That's Robbie, one of today's proud youth. Molding his beliefs and thoughts every day. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, we'll do this. We'll come back. More of your phone calls. More spider news later on. Uh, Aaron Geek and the City Duran coming up in the one o'clock hour. And the top five songs to the best year of Scotty J's life. Stay there.
Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa, and uh, the Iraq everywhere, like such as, and I believe that they should, our education over here, and the U.S. should help the U.S. Uh, should help South Africa, and should help the Iraq and Asia countries, so we will be able to build up our future for our children. God bless America. There you go. Fantastic. And then I think it just loops after that. Oh, by the way, the uh, president thanked the, the Austrians when he was actually in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, it's here. Are these there audio? Not yet. I'm, ah! still, I'm still waiting for it. And he said uh, how pleased he was to be at an OPEC meeting when he was actually in an APEC meeting. And then he uh, went off the stage the wrong way and almost fell down several feet <laughs> from the stage until he was stopped. <laughs> I mean, just sort of a bing-bam, set him up, knock him down kind of a thing with that guy. God bless him. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Rick, how are you? Hey, uh, the wolf spider is another kin to the hobo spider. It's more common with spider bites. But the reason why spiders bite uh, people is they're really angry and disgruntled. If you look at a picture of a hobo spider or a wolf spider... <laughs> Seriously, look at the picture. The spiders will have small antennae coming off of their heads, and those are actually their testicles. And Wait, in- hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, <laughs> let's stop here. Sarah, are you listening to this? I want to make sure you're hearing all the spider no. talk today. I heard something about testicles. I got to yes. tell you this. Here's the thing. I don't know if you're making all this up, but, sir, no. I'm your biggest fan. I'm believing it all, whether it's made up or not. I no, don't even care are- if it's all fake. The only creature in the world that testicles hang off the front of their forehead and Larry you, would Craig be angry, that too. you would be angry also and so yes that's why spiders bite people this is the same gentleman that uh called you with the spiders drinking out of the eyelids also so i do uh know what are I'm you a, about. now are you a self-fashioned spider expert or are you actually an arachnologist uh the second one Okay. Um, so spiders are angry. Let me understand this. Are you saying they're angry because their testicles are on their forehead? Like, of sort of, damn these! T- I will bite everyone. And they're getting in their their eight eyes all day long. You would be angry also. Well, I also suppose that I want. Depends on one's persuasion, sir. All right. Thank you. Bye now. I uh. I really don't know how to make anything out of that. Here's Tim Riley. But what if the spider only sees other spiders? How do they know that their appearance is wrong? I don't really know. That's my whole thing. I do you feel like there was like there was just too much there to work with? Mm-hmm. The spiders are disgruntled right there. That's some gold. B. He was talking about wolf spiders, which are all over Washington. Wolf spiders are everywhere in Washington, at least in Kennewick. And we would go during the spring and summer. We would go into the mountains and we would. Um, get out firewood, and we would bring firewood back for fall and winter. And firewood was full of wolf spiders, which are, uh, they don't har- they're not harmful to humans, but they're creepy looking. Creepy looking don't bother you, though. Um, and then his revelation that spiders are disgruntled because they have testicles on their heads. I mean, I just, it's like, it's sort of a comedic potential overload there that just blew out all my circuits. Here's Tim Riley. Well, where do we go from here after a story like that? Well, let's talk about this. Uh, former Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist will lead a new global initiative aimed at saving the lives of millions of children. A Save the Children spokeswoman said Frist is a wonderful fit for this program. We feel that with Senator Frist leading this campaign, 
and with support of Americans to share his desire to save children's lives, we think we can dramatically reduce child mortality rates worldwide. Wait, thank goodness he's around. But, but, but am I the only one who noticed in this story that he didn't identify the organization or what children or where or how? No. We're back to the world of Doyle Redland. Senator says he'll do stuff for kids. I mean, that's... He just says he's going to stop children from dying, mm -hmm. and then they have a, a, a spokesperson from an organization that is never identified mm -hmm. saying, we think it's great that fewer children will die. Well done. That's it. End of story. That's exactly the kind of press I need. It can't really be, you know, it can't be discovered or quantified. It can't be investigated in any way. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. <laughs> hey, uh, um, I have a great spider story. I, uh, um, years ago... I lived in a log cabin up in the mountains north of Santa Cruz, and I had a, um, I found a black widow, and it had an egg sac. Excellent. But, this is the best part about this is Sarah is eating while you tell the story. Disgusting. Was the I egg put... sac squishy, sir? Okay, stop it. All right, go ahead. Hi, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> so I put this, I uh, put this thing in a jar just to watch what happened. Well, soon enough, it had two egg sacs. They hatched. There was hundreds of these black widow spiders inside this jar. Yeah, right. Yeah. It wasn't very long before you just started to notice that. Some of them doubled in size. And, and others vanished altogether? And Well, others, they were, they were dead in yeah. webs, right? You could tell right away which ones were the males and which ones were the females. Well, right after that, um, the landlord that was there screwed me on the apartment uh, or on the cabin. Oh, I see and, where this is going. And so what I did was I just opened, <laughs> I just opened the jar and tossed it into the house. <laughs> the best. Okay, here's why this is the best call of the day so far, sir. Because A... It's relatable because it's spiders. B, it's disgusting, and Sarah is trying to eat during the lunch hour. C, because Tim Riley is himself a landlord, and as soon as you got, as soon as we saw where this was going, you're like, the landlord screwed me, and we knew that you had a jar of black widow spiders. As soon as you said that, landlord Tim Riley just shook his head and took his headphones off, like he didn't even want to hear where this was going. That is great. I, you know, I called around too because I heard that uh, uh, black widow antivenom is uh, really hard to get. And I called all the colleges, and I told them I had these hundreds of, of these spiders, and no, nobody wanted them, which, which is why it's relatable to your uh, of course. OHSU, because of course. I thought, like, now they want to know what spiders, now they want, you know what I mean? Like, for, for maybe maybe three months, I tried to get people to take these things off my hands, but I yeah. found a use for them anyway. Well, that serves that landlord right, doesn't it, sir? Damn <laughs> landlords, they get what's coming to them. <laughs> all right, Bye, Tim. Thank, thank you. Bye now. All right, there you go. The caller says that he loves you, Tim. That's good. I hope he has good references. <laughs> and renter's insurance. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Uh, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Well, the kids are going to go crazy for the Music Fest Northwest that apparently uh, already kicked off last night. They had a Portland group called Pure Country Gold and the Nice Boys. Pure Country Gold, actually, they're uh, they're pretty cool. I dig those guys. The I really like the Nice Boys. Yeah, the Nice Boys I've heard about, but I've never heard. These kids will be given the wristbands to get into all venues over the weekend, depending on capacity. A spendier VIP pass gets you immediate access to all shows and all the VIP parties. Sarah's eyebrows just arched. Have you already gone to a VIP party? I did. I was totally already, didn't belong. Have you already abused your uh, your position as a member of the press? No, I saw Byron and he told me to tell you hi. Byron Beck? Mm -hmm. Yes. I like that. Hello, and Byron. And bumped into your old friend Mark Baumgarten. Mark Baumgarten. I'm uh, oh, sorry. I'm doing the Gary Baumgarten thing. Uh, Mark Baumgarten of the Willamette Week who did a very, very nice... He's the guy who wrote that full-page article in the Willamette about us the week that we came back. 
in 2006. That uh, return of the pleasantness, it was Yeah, called. he's been gone for a while, and he said that he wants to talk to you about maybe, like, finishing that article sometime. But finally, we're working on that uh, that Rick Emerson docu-novel. You know, and I just go for the free drinks. But it's nice because they had different, they, the, na- the drinks were different names of bands that were playing, so I had a Rilo Kiley. Which is, what is a Rilo Kiley? Rilo Kiley was some kind of, like, grapefruit juice and a lot of vodka. That's fantastic. That's like when you go to, like, those diners in Hollywood, and it's like, a, I'll have a Lana Turner with a side of uh, Rock Hudson's and... Uh, excellent. Well, uh, well, if you see him, uh, if you see him again, uh, pass along my uh, my greetings and salutations tomorrow. Will He's do. a good guy. Uh, let's see. Well, let's get another spider call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, I got a theory about these spiders. Okay. Okay. Uh, they figured out they could make them uh, more efficiently and cheap, cheaper in China. <laughs> They're Chinese spiders. They're covered with lead paint. I was just gonna say, covered with lead paint and filled with blackness and hate. They're just exactly. for the kids. Exactly. Hey, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the other day you were waxing philosophical about uh, great inventions. I think you were talking about air conditioning. Yes. Here's a great invention: frequency modulation. As in the FM Pass band. The FM band. Thank you, sir. There you go. Frequency What's on there anyway? Nothing. It's nothing anybody needs to worry about. Us eventually. Uh, I'm sorry. Was that out loud? Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Also part of this MFNW is a presentation about a sun. This is a movie that shows various interviews and conversations with Craig Cobain. It'll cost you $5 to get in unless you have one of those wristbands. And just his lesser-known brother. Uh, that's at the Mission Theater at noontime tomorrow. That's playing tomorrow yeah. at noon. Now, I might actually go to that because it's in the middle of the day. My whole weekend is just, it's just uh, nutty. But uh, that is... That I'm looks pretty noon, yeah. interesting because it's a, it's all the audio, the narration is stitched together out of interviews that Cobain himself did while he was alive. So it is kind of that cool, creepy project where he is sort of posthumously narrating a film about his life and death, which is the same thing they did with Tupac Shakur for that movie Resurrection a couple of years ago. So it does look, I mean, I'm not a Nirvana fan for the most part, but I mean, he is a pretty, you know, I recognize his importance in music history and in pop culture. So I might actually go say he's a pretty interesting, it's a, he is certainly a fascinating person, uh, even if I'm not a big fan of the music. He's, a, he's a clearly a very compelling person in the history of rock, so I go see that. Fashion and music collided last night at the Big Apple. The fourth annual Fashion Rocks concert was held at Radio City Music Hall. Among the many performers was Aerosmith. Joe Perry says fashion has meant a lot to him. We grew up in a period where uh, when you put on a show, you put on the whole show. You know, you didn't want to go on looking like uh, everybody in the audience. You wanted to look like, you know, you're some, you're, there's something special going on. Mm-hmm. The 50 Cent says uh, fashion tells a lot about a person. Fashion for me is exciting. You know, after you make the right music, you got to put the right clothes on the right, to create the right presentation. Little Cool J says fashion tells others a lot about a person. When I walk in a room, Little Cool J is the Archie comic variation. Who I should be dating, what I might be driving, what I'll probably be drinking. Where I think I'll probably be eating. I mean, clothes really speak for a person and say a lot about. When you go into a bar tomorrow to watch that uh, Cobain thing, sir, see, go up to the bar and ask if you can order a Kurt. Hmm. Okay. Say, I'll have a Kurt Cobain. What will that mean? I was waiting for you to do the to do the the the, the, the hyphen between the alley and the oop. Oh, now it's too much setup. I'm sorry. Glass of beer, no head. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. A Texas man is free on $100,000 bail after being arrested on, for making his son that. live outdoors for three days. A friend of the boy, 12-year-old Jimmy Wingate, says he and his mother saw the boy being forced to share a yard with a family pet. He told me that he had to sleep out on the porch and with the cats, and he had to sleep on a branch. 
Why do you have to sleep on a branch? Yeah. In a tree? Mm-hmm. He was allegedly only fed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He got something out of the freezer one time. He got some hot dogs. I don't understand. But when they found out that that happened, they locked the freezer. They put a padlock on it. Where is this? Texas. Oh, well. The boy was supposed to live outside with the dogs. Well, that's Texas justice. Yeah. Uh, see, the uh, the boy asked neighbors to uh, to uh, come at night and give him food when his mother wasn't watching. Because if he was caught with food, he'd be punished even more. Well, that whole state ought to be spayed and neutered. I mean, yeah. really, honestly. The boy's living conditions were appalling. He was covered from head to toe in bug bots. Bug, bug bots. Bug bots. <laughs> that's the terrible cyborg insect. He was covered a... from head to toe in bug bots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's an awful story, but... Bug bots. They can't believe the boy was treated. They send spam out of your. uh... Not right for you to do something like that to somebody my age. From the from the mouths of babes, Tim. Mouths of Texas. (laughs) Mouths of Hicks. Uh, All right, Aaron Geek in the city Duran will be joining us later on. Let's do a couple more here, and then we'll uh, take a uh, take a break. I guess uh, HBO has this new series starting up. A live day memories home from Iraq. That's Michael Chiklis, I think, is doing that. Michael Chiklis of the Shield. Let me see if his name is. I believe he's the interviewer. Isn't that? It's a series of interviews with vets that have just come home from Iraq. Yeah, executive producer James Gandolfini. Oh, James Gandolfini, not Michael Chiklis. I'm confusing Mm -hmm. the two. Um, Yeah, James Gandolfini of Sopranos fame uh, is doing interviews with. um, Boy, you know, you know what's sad? That's Sunday at 10:30 on HBO. You know when you're a big fan of somebody and then you just deduce that they're not all that bright. I was reading an interview with James Gandolfini the other day, who, of course. You know, it, it, it rose to fame and probably will best be known always as Tony Soprano. Read an interview with him because I guess he produced this and he does the interviews with these vets that just came back. But boy, he just doesn't seem like a very smart guy. It's always a little depressing That's when there's bad. somebody who is a great actor or actress or artist in some way, and you see them interviewed and they just seem kind of dense. I mean, that's the thing. Just uh, he just just seems a little a little blunted off at the edges. Uh, let's see. I'll let you guys choose. Here we have uh, an observation about yesterday's show. A caller saying, feisty spiders won't die. Somebody talking about carpet cleaning and black widows. And somebody who wants to reference a movie that reminds him of Sarah. What should we take? I like the movie or the carpet cleaning. No more spiders. All right. I'm getting my carpets cleaned tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Hey, uh, I just watched that movie for the first time, Eternal Sun... Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. There you go. Great Uh, film. Great Great film. film, Yes. When I was watching that, all I could think of, Kate Winslet totally reminds me of Sarah. That's all I could think of. My sister looks exactly like her. Do you mean mean in her appearance or in the way she acts? Both. I I, I, I can see that a little bit. I don't hang with Sarah, but I do. No, she... (laughs) Creepy. Um, No, I I can see that. Um, Yes, um... Sarah's sister, Heather, looks a lot like Kate Winslet, uh, which is weird because she looks like Sarah, too. But it's that, you know, it's that weird thing. That is a weird human trait, the notion that someone can look like someone else and yet look like themselves, that you can have a distinct look but a similarity. I think that is a human mm-hmm. trait. Um, but uh, Sarah's sister, Heather, looks a lot like Kate Winslet. As far as Kate Winslet's character in that film, I could, I could see her being a little, a little Sarah-like, maybe. Just a little bit. That's a great movie, though. It's just, I love that movie. It's just a traumatic movie to watch, though. I mean, it's it's a fantastic film, but really, it just runs you through an emotional ringer. It really does. Uh, it took me about 30 minutes to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, so. no, it's a great, and, and it's a testament to the power of, of of that film, though, and the way it was written and directed, that you are able to figure it out, because you want to talk about the most insane, surreal, convoluted plot. Uh, and the fact that you do eventually kind of figure out where the hell you are and you get your bearings and you can watch the movie, that's a testament to how good that film is, though, that they made it understandable. So, 
Excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed that film, sir. If you like that, um, if you like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, if you have not seen it yet, I would recommend being John Malkovich. Uh, I saw that. Okay. Also, Adaptation. I've never seen that. I'll See, check that out. Adaptation, which is written by Charlie Kaufman of being John Malkovich fame, uh, starring Nicolas Cage, which normally is not a good thing, but is, is really good. It's called Adaptation. It's a pretty great film, very much in the same vein of those other two films. All right. Thank you much. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, let's do, uh, well, let's get this call, and then we'll do one, one more, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, um, you were talking about drinks that Sarah could order. Yes. Uh, I would just order any any drink, um, ask for a, whatever, Cobain, I'll order any drink, and then just um, shotgun it. <laughs> okay, that's, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I didn't come up with that, actually. <laughs> that gets the full love. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, sir. That's brilliant. Well done. I'm, I really am sad that I didn't come up with that. I should be uh, I should be dealt with. All right, here's uh, let's do one more and then we'll take a break. We'll come back with uh, Aaron Geek in the city Duran. And who's familiar with this uh, young lady named Vanessa Hudgens? Her rep has confirmed that a nude photograph is circulating on the internet. It is indeed the 18-year-old star of the Disney Channel's wildly popular high school musical. Ha uh ha. -huh. It was a photo that was taken privately, says her publicist. It's a personal matter. Sure. So fortunate. Speaking of it's on the Internet right now? There are a ton of them. She's too. 18. Oh, 18. Really? Standing okay. naked in what appears to be a bathroom Hold with a red shower curtain behind her. Well, how do you spell her last name? H-U-D-G-E-N-S. She will be dropping the upcoming feature, High School Musical 3. Oh. Disney has no further comment about this. Hold on. She's the brainy Gabriella. Ooh. She's attractive. She's the love interest of Zach Efron's basketball star in the first two high school musical made-for-TV cable movies. Beard. The two were said to be... <laughs> she has a beard? The two were said to be dating yes. in real life. Well, you might call it that. Bearded lady. A high school musical, too, attracted more than 17 million viewers to the Disney Channel. Well, this is really... watch summer program. This is very depressing. I can't find this nude photo of her I anywhere. have them. Hang on. I'm looking for How them. did you immediately... Oh, is it like a TMZ or something? No, no. It's on the website that I go to. Can you email that to me? I don't even care. Look, I don't, I've never even heard of her in this mode. I don't even really care about her. But it's a leaked She's celebrity. only 18. Well, she's legal. No. Anyway, I'm just saying, she's it's a you know, nude celebrity uh, scandal. Uh, I could, It's like those Dr. Laura photos. I absolutely went and well, looked at those. Who doesn't want one of those? Well, me, not me, not anymore. I mean, seriously, did you? Did we all see the Dr. Laura photos? Did any? Yeah, am I the only one yeah. here that did? Are those the ones that Bill Balance put on the? Yes, okay. yes, he did. Um, those Dr. Laura photos are hideous. I mean, it's Ooh, like yeah, with the full-on fried eggs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, but you know, you don't want to. It's just, it's awful. Uh, and yet, I absolutely went to look at those. I mean, why not? What are you going to do? Uh, did you send that to my on-air email or my other one? No, I'm, I'm just going to show it to you both. Oh, excellent. No, that's fine. I'll just walk over here. I'll take a look at it, too. That's all one. That's all the it's, it's safe for work, too, because they covered just, it up. Can I just say here for a minute that our jobs are not like the jobs of other people? I know. Let's all gather around a monitor and look at new <laughs> photographs at work. Oh, my. Oh, hello. Wait, oh, hold on. You're oh, scrolling too quickly. <laughs> you're so creepy. You got, you've either got to send me the link or you got to scroll she more She doesn't look attractive in these. No. Well, that's your own assessment. Oh. Oh. Oh, somebody's a dirty little girl. Seriously, I she's mean, so hosed. She, <laughs> you can't be on the Disney Channel. You mean and do her this. career in the future is hosed? Yeah, that's what I meant. All right. So does that mean she moves to the end channel? Will you, uh, will you send that link to me, please? Right away. So icky. It's not icky. I'm, she's uh, she's an aesthetic. Are you doing research? Yes, I am. Not really. After you finish with the spiders. Yes. Uh, 
let's do okay here's another Kurt Cobain drink a guy wants to weigh in do we think we've topped do we think we've peaked with the uh, then shotgun it or do we dare take another call about a Kurt Cobain drink oh let's dare. I don't know how we, we can top that last call all right at the risk of just killing the buzz all right here we go hello sir yeah Rick yeah you take a tall glass no. dump, dump one shot of whiskey in the bottom oh, no. oh, take badly. a tall bottle of beer pour it in real fast Set it up on the bar and blow the head off. No. Now, see, we peaked with the last call. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. That went too far. No, it was just too much, and just it was too many things going on there at once. No, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. If you can get that comedy, you get the joke up fast. Let's mm -hmm. get any drink and just shotgun it. Bam! You're in, the joke is done, and you're out. As All it right. should be. Yes. Uh, shall we break? I think we shall. Hoorah! All right, we break here. We'll come back. <laughs> That's wrong. Or is it? Is this a return button? <laughs> is it a return button? How sad. i got to put some new music I'm in. I'm sorry, too, if you're looking at porn, i got distracted the levels of stuff. Hello, Laura Klein. Uh, hello, Brooke Shields. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Aaron Geek in the City Duran joins us next. Don't go anywhere. Here's Midtown. the Rick Emerson radio program. Apparently these uh, Vanessa Hudgens pictures are, quote, scandalous. All right. uh, let's see. It's 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson radio program coming up later on in the uh, show. I think oh, we could announce this here. Hold on a second. Let me just, uh, before we do anything else, let's just welcome now. No, that wasn't what I meant to do. Scotty, stay in your room. Don't move. Stay where you are. Hold me. Like you did by the lake on the boo. Sorry to have confused you with Scotty. <laughs> that kind of hurt. That was a little painful there. All right. Aaron Geek in the city Duran. Hello there. Although I can understand, you know, because that is the red alarm, you know, klaxon at the very beginning. Yeah, there, totally. So. Now let's also. <laughs> Scotty, you may now enter the room. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. Good morning, Metolius. Why, hello, Scotty J. Well, good afternoon, Pine Bluffs. How are you, Scotty? Doing great, Rick. And yourself? I'm, f I'm fine. Don't you think that, first of all, when did you get your hair cut? I got my hair cut at approximately 6.45 and 28 seconds last night. Why are you talking like this? I don't know, but my hair was cut a little bit too short. I was you just, know, you, you get, get your hair cut. Tim made this observation. You get your hair cut when you don't really need to. You get your hair cut at strange times. I mean, really, when it's just like, seriously, it seems like you will get your hair cut. I don't mean to dwell on this, but then like four days later, haircut again. <laughs> and when you get your hair cut, 
You always look like you are a 1957 uh, kid who just got out for summer vacation. You know what I mean? Yes. You really do like you're like you're straight out of a butch wax commercial or something. He looks like a prison guard. So that's where so the, I can see that. Let's see where the term butch wax came from. Right. No, isn't that what they put in their hair? The kids put in their hair to play with like real cream, but it was I don't for know kids. What the kids are putting their hair. Butch wax. I don't like fuck. Damn it! I'm a damn man. looks like a kid, but he isn't one anymore. But... Oh, that's true. You do look really freakishly young. You those days are long gone. Why? Thank you, Sarah. It's kind of creepy when he looks like my dad. <laughs> yes, when someone calls you freakish, the thing to do is to thank them for that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, Scotty. So coming up later on the program, we're going to do the top five songs from the best year of Scotty's life. Yes, we are. Now, actually. let's not give away what year it is, okay, actually. I won't, but I... But we should take guesses as to what was the best year. We should okay. do, like, a guess before or after marriage, before or after children. Oh, I think we know the answer to I had a that. lot of good years. That's the deal. No, so no. it was really, really tough for me to pinpoint. Uh-huh. A would you like year. to... Okay, but really, before we do this, would you like to list a couple of years that were close but that did not get chosen? What well, are a couple of good years you didn't choose? I didn't choose 2004. That was a great oh, year. Yeah, great. There was some good oh, wine. No, that, was, that was not about us. I figured that was about us. What was 2004? 2004, I quit my other job. And that went to Mount great. Hood Community College? Went to Mount Hood, went to Hawaii, uh, sold my property in in Lake Havasu. It was just an awesome year. All right. So this is, But this is not 2004. Yeah. That you will be picking. All no. right. We'll be doing the top five songs from the best year of Scotty's life. All right. That's not why we brought you in here, though. Um, so we don't want to say who it is. Um but do we, is it, we have at uh, 2, we two okay. ten a yes. mystery guest? That's correct. All right. Uh, and the mystery guest is confirmed. Yes. <laughs> Are you having a problem today? Oh, I'm asking you questions. Yes, and it's, like, it's, it's like you're having to look for the letters of the words individually. Okay. I'll level with you. It's it's this microphone thing. Every time <laughs> I... The microphone thing. <laughs> every time I pull it up to my mouth, it just drops to the table. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Let me restate that. Every time okay. I prop the microphone, hearing the Mister Bucket up, song it, going around yeah. in my head. <laughs> what? He's uh, gay. Uh, all right. Well, you know, look, I hate to get bogged down talking about show minutia, but Scotty keeps doing this thing of lifting the microphone up to his mouth with his arm, you know, with the arm of the microphone, letting it go, and then the mic falls to the table, and you keep doing it over and over again, like you think it's going to be different. It's like when you go to the doctor and you go, "It hurts when I do this," and the doctor goes, "Don't do that." That's well, a, you know, that's the exact definition okay. of an ad. Don't let go of the microphone. Just hold the microphone there. It's a good don't, idea. Don't sporbert. You're starting to sporbert. You need to stop that now. To interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, but he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> that is genius. Um, all right, so mystery guest coming on today at two ten. Yes, it's actually pretty cool. It is uh, now. This is, I think. Uh, so here's so here's the great thing about the mystery guest, Scotty. Yes. You're going to come up with the questions for him. Well, I don't have any questions, no, but I'll help yeah. you out. No, you know, you're going to come up with some questions. <laughs> that is, that is, that's exactly, you, Scotty, you're always looking for your chance to take things to the next level, are you not? You're always looking for your chance to better yourself. Can I just say this? There was a, a little memo that circulated internally here among the show a few days ago. We were talking about uh, a guy here who does some of the production, and I said, uh-huh. you, said you know what? There's, a, you know, you, you know, maybe asked to contribute a little help now and again to the production department because right now they're running a little thin over there. Uh, you know, we that sounds like a great opportunity. And you know what? But you know, can I just tell you this? This is completely true. Here's this completely true that there was this email that had gone around saying, hey, you know, uh, they're running a little short in the production department right now. They may ask you to come lend a hand with some production. 
please pitch in. It'll help the station. You know, da 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 da. And I just send it out, and you know, everybody comes like, all right, Scotty. This is completely true. Scotty immediately emailed me back in all caps. And it said, and Scotty never writes in all caps. He emails me back in all caps with about five exclamation marks. And he goes, I would love this opportunity, Rick. I mean, like 12 seconds later. Like, just he was just agog with excitement. i got to tell you about the caps thing, though. So, Scotty? I'm not smart enough to do that. It was an accidental. When I look back at this, I look at the keys. I don't look at the screen. And so when I look back at the, yeah, check it out. I look back at the screen. It's all capitalized except the very first letter of the first word, right? And so I go, oh, hell with it. And I just changed the first letter of the first word to capitalize, so it looked all capitalized. That's the kind of attention to quality that will really take you far here at CBS. Mm. The point is, Scotty, you're always looking to better yourself and to advance yourself. So here's what you can do. Uh, for the mystery guest coming up at 2.10, uh, you'll be assembling some questions to ask him. Okay. All right. Be gone now. All right, then. All right. But... He's gay. Thank you. All right, Aaron Geek in the city. Duran, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are things in Emerson Lane? Things are fantastic. I'm torn about They're whether we... They're a little we... better than they were this morning. He was a little wonky this morning. I was... Uh, well, his visa was delayed. Well, can I can I reveal a no. few things? Uh, I slept badly, but that's not really the bigger the bigger problem. As I told, And I told Sarah this, you know this, that I got here this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in... I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's one of those days. I was in one meeting after another, some... Some things had to be taken care of, little, little glitches had to be smoothed yeah, out. Yeah, by the way, thanks for freaking me out and almost making me throw up this morning when you call me. You're like, sir, please come and visit me in the office when you get here. Oh, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> mean to freak you out. I called you back, and you didn't answer the phone. I was not I'm even, like, I wasn't oh even in my, my office. God. I'm sorry. I sent Sarah a text this morning. And about I called you totally... immediately, and then you didn't pick up. I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to talk no, to me. Like, I, I apologize. I didn't to mean spend to do more that. time with Raul. It was <laughs> a, a totally unrelated issue. It was about Music Fest Northwest, and I just I didn't even think about it, so I apologize. Saying, hey, come see me when you get in. Thanks. And then I had to go out of the office again because I had another meeting. And then so Sarah's at home reading that going, oh, God, it's that day. Because um, I'm like, it's Friday. It's Friday show. Everybody's fired on a Friday. Um, so there's a little Kevin Klein there. So um, anyway, so I apologize for that. But I was in one meeting after another. I didn't get to, again, I'm not really complaining. I'm just saying I didn't get a chance to sit down or do any show prep. So I walked into the studio literally at about 10.54 this morning. I, this show, this, uh, my show log in front of me is from yesterday. I have changed nothing. <laughs> it still says, talk about William Shatner and gonads, which is a note from yesterday. So I've had no show prep. I had no caffeine, and I have not eaten anything since lunch yesterday. Do you want my nectarine? No, but thank you. You didn't eat since yesterday? No, I have not eaten you in about... You anorexic bitch. I have not eaten in about 24 hours. So... That's okay, caffeine and I just need. And I just had four cups of coffee and a bottle of Viso. So if I sound like I am, as Sarah put it, a little wonky today, uh, it's because I've had no food, lots of caffeine, and there's no show prep that's been done. So, anywho, we're here with Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. My question for you is, do we want to reveal the identity of the mystery guest, or do we want to spring it on people? I think if you know as little as I think you do about this mystery guest, we might want to spring it on people. I mean, this let me let gross. me write it down, because uh, I'll, I'm going to write it down for Aaron. I know all already. I'm okay. This is, you know, it's this person. Yes. So, do you feel like we should tell people we're going to be talking to that person at 210, or should we spring it on people? Maybe if you drop little... Hints to see if people can figure it out. I don't. So the thing is, I like I have one now that won't give away a lot, but it'll get people wondering. I was going to say this is, uh, and this is this is a little segment of the program which is either fascinating or completely tedious. Talking about a mystery guest now without actually talking about who they are. I was going to say this person, this mystery guest, which we are going to be, uh, who we're going to be interviewing at two ten, is. How do I put this? I know a lot about them in the sense that they're very culturally important. Yeah. 
very big in pop culture, especially to, I would say, the kind of guys, and it is more a guy thing, the kind of guys who listen to this station, this person, very well known to them. By the same token, I'm not really, uh, I don't know that I'm, I would call myself a big fan in no, the sense I'm, that uh, I don't know that I've, uh, I don't know that I own a lot of their things. You know yeah, I mean? I'm not a huge fan either, but I understand this person's pace. Totally, exactly. Let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you this, uh, Aaron Geek in the City and yeah. Sarah Dillon. Mm -hmm. Who could we compare this to in terms of, it's somebody that, you know, you know that they're big and important, and you know that they're out there and they've done a lot of stuff, but you wouldn't say that, like, you own a lot of their things. Like, you, you yourself would say that you're not a, you know, that you're, you don't, like, really follow their career day to day. You're just sort of aware that they're pretty popular and that they did a lot. Who could we come? Who is a, an analogous celebrity? Oh, so I can yeah. give people an idea of what we're talking about. Somebody who, uh, whose uh, impact you are aware of and whose fame you're a little aware mm -hmm. of, but that you don't really follow yourself day to day. Who could we compare that to? <laughs> and then the show just became silent. I, I can't. I can't think of anybody. I really can't. I'm trying to. I could uh, say like. Um, let me say this. To me, I'd say like a, he's, uh, this person's like at a Mark Hamill level. Okay, maybe. I was going to say that. All right. Okay, Mark Hamill. That's a good uh, Luke Skywalker. Uh, I was going to say, or maybe. Um, what about like like a Jay and Silent Bob? Like Jay. Maybe. Uh, so like you are you are very much aware of Kevin Smith mm -hmm. and his films and Jay and Silent Bob. I'm aware that that's the character that's been. But you're recurring. not a fanboy. Exactly. So you are aware that Jay and we're not interviewing either Jay or Silent Bob. But in a way, you're not too off with that though. In a way, you're kind of close though. How weird is that? That you are mm -hmm. kind of. You are kind of close to the mark by by referring to Jay uh, Jason Mewes. Um, yeah, so you're aware of Jason Mewes, but it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't have a lot of fanboy questions to ask. Yeah. So anyway, so we you're not going to go out and rent his Paris Hilton movie. Ooh. Really? I yeah. rented it. Did you? I really did. What? He was the bartender with a heart of gold. And then, oh, not that oh my kind God. of. I, no, thought no, meant, no. I thought you meant the other kind of. No, Muse has more taste than that. What's crappy about that movie is that we um, Raul let our friend borrow it, who lost it, and Raul now had to pay sixty-eight dollars for that movie because <laughs> uh, it was the only copy the, that they movie? had. It's um. What was it called? This is a House of Wax, is it? No, no, just do an IMDb search under either Paris Hilton or Jason Muse, and it'll come up. All right. Did what was great is I think in the Clerks 2 DVD, there's a huge slipcase ad for it in Psychos. Really? Because Kevin just pimps all his oh, friends totally. and everything, you know. You know, the best part uh, during, I was watching, I think it was the uh, uh, the Jersey Girl commentary, and which Jason Mewes is on for some reason. Like, he's on, isn't it the Jersey Girl yeah, commentary? Yeah, he just shows up. Has Muse, he just shows up. And at one point, Muse is talking about how many girls he slept with in Hollywood. And they won't reveal the number, but they're writing the number down on a piece of paper and sliding it back and forth across the table. Yeah. And Muse is actually writing down on a piece of paper the number of women he's had sex well, with. Well, they always have to bleep Kevin Smith in commentaries because he just name drops and he doesn't Michael care who Michael Eisner him. screwed us! And he then they'll have to bleep it all out. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right. So at 2.10 today, uh, we'll have a, uh, a mystery guest uh, coming up later on today. That'll be on today's program. I don't know what the people are calling about. Let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. Listen, I only heard the opening of yesterday's show, so I don't know if you covered this, but uh, Sarah talking about uh, being, in the, being a military brat and uh, all the fluoride and everything. Oh, I just no. was uh, hoping that she doesn't uh, oh, no. give her essence to anybody. Ice cream? Ice cream? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, you're doing a Dr. Strange love yeah. thing there. Okay. <laughs> well, is she related to... Uh, 
Colonel uh, Colonel Ripper. Jack T. Ripper. <laughs> For a minute, can I just tell you this? I'm so glad this ended up well done, sir. I'm so and a congratulations on the Strange Love reference. It's a, it's a reference to the movie Doctor Strange Love, where there's a character who who goes on about fluoride is a communist plot and how the communists are trying to steal our precious bodily essence. And I our discovered fluids. it during the physical act of love with a lady. Here's the thing: is that for a minute, as soon as you started going, well, you know, Sarah grew up drinking that fluoride, and as soon as someone starts talking about fluoride, you know, the next thing is that there's like a government helicopter that stalks them at night. Well, I was at the Roth Island Grocery. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's the second. Sec, that's the second the reference second in two days. Uh, no, as soon as somebody starts running, bumping their gums about fluoride, you just know that they sit at home, like with an I Ching late at night, trying to figure out where the government microchip is planted in their brain, and you know. All right. Yeah, you know, the fluoride's made by Dow Chemical. You know. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Yes. Sitting home late at night the other night, just two nights ago, I watched Doctor Doctor Strange Love again for about the fourth time. Fantastic film. It really is. One of the, we're gonna do a speech from that at some point. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank I think you. I sent you one once. Right, there you go. I think you might have. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of those that you would say. I can't find the airplane one. I meant to play the Barbara Billingsley uh, airplane sounder. Jive ass turkey. The other. <laughs> Don't want no help, no how. Because we had. I've been in raid, no dummies. <laughs> and then it's Mrs. Cleaver. And because we sure had this. I speak jive. Because we had this soundbite. Uh, I forget where this is from, but this is from Michigan. This is a soundbite from Michigan of a man describing uh, being attacked by an alligator. This is directly from Metro News. Exactly how I was like, and just jumped out, you know, and mouth was all open or whatever. Like, just jumped out, like, no walking up or looking at us or nothing, just jumped out. I'm sorry, I don't understand that's, you. That's a little bit of a kind of a, that's sort of a black boom hour thing going on right there. Dang old man, ain't no man on dang old gator, man. The lottery was scatting. <laughs> Scatman Crothers describes his attack. That's another onion story they ought to do. You know? Scatman Crothers describes the totally. attack by it's alligator. It's the onion radio news. Scatman Crothers delivers a gripping weather forecast. And be like, I a bow, how, and Shining. This is happening again, where it's just Aaron and I nerding each other into a frenzy over here. Or Tim and I ignore you? Yes. Yes. Let's just take some on-screen calls. How could that go wrong? And then we'll break, and we'll come back with Tim Riley. Uh, hi, and then Aaron will review Shoot Him Up. Hi, you're on Hello. the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I'd like to beg you to try and find the George Bush thing, please. Uh, which, where he says we're kicking ass? The uh, the one where he's talking uh, South Carolina. Oh, we did that. We played that earlier. Um, Sarah, do you still have that? Hold on a second, sir. We'll play that. Just to, Here we go. Oh, oh, yeah, all right. No, just listen to our comment off the air. All right, this is uh, George Bush giving the Miss South Carolina answer, uh, courtesy of youthemannownow.com. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that the U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And, uh... I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere, like such as, and I believe that they should, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. Uh, should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and Asia countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. There you go. There you go. Thank you. That's, uh, that's for you, sir. All right. We can take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran uh, reviews Shoot 'em Up. Later on, a mystery guest, uh, Tim Riley on the way, and the top five songs from the best year of Scotty J's Miserable Life. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Too many nights alone had left some permanent scars. Told me 
radio program. Remember, gonads are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. Uh, have you guys seen, we'll go to uh, the news of Tim Riley momentarily, and then uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran has a review of Shoot 'em Up, and people calling us for some unknown reason. Um, the uh, Have you seen this commercial for the, uh, the Domino's Oreo pizza? Uh-uh. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> Attention, Domino's. I'm sorry? just sounds like something Tim would just adore. It's a guy says, uh, I got the... Is cool- it a dessert pizza? He says, well, I would hope so. He said, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I got the coupon in the mail for this. Um, Dunk your Oreo and marinara sauce. I got coupons for this in the mail yesterday. Then while looking for a picture online to send you, I found the commercial on YouTube. Uh, P.S. Do you drink bil- uh, milk or beer with this? So this is, you can't really see this. I can't really. You can't see this at all because it's radio. But it, this is the uh, television commercial for the Domino's Oreo pizza, and it's it's just really disconcerting because they're doing like Oreos where the pepperoni would be. There, it's a big pile of Oreos on some crust, I think, with icing on it. I have to watch the commercial, but the hook is, you know, the milk mustache ads. It's a really off-putting commercial because the milk mustaches they're getting the Oreo mustache, and so their face is basically covered in brown crap. Let me just um. <clears throat> Hey, you got some stuff. It's not stuff, Meredith. It's an Oreo dessert pizza mustache. So there's this guy that looks like David Cross, and he's got a huge black mustache made out of bits of Oreo, presumably from the Oreo pizza. Yeah, you get it whenever you eat Domino's new Oreo dessert pizza. Mine's just not as full. Give it time, Kevin. Oh, this is so... You have to come see this. This is so disturbing. This is so creepy. I mean, I'm sure... Tastes good and all, but I mean, really, honestly. Look, Even if it means I have to take a chubby. What? What? Little David Cross there, sorry. Do I have to bleep that? No. What no, from Rested Development. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, see? I thought you were talking about something else. Okay, we'll so watch when they cut back to the first guy. Pizza. Mine's just not as full. Give it time, oh Kevin. God. It'll fill out. Look at me eating a bag of soil. I think so. Ew. That's so gross. I know so. Domino's new Oreo dessert pizza. Get one free when you buy any large pizza at menu price. So there you go. So it's all very exciting. This is uh, why they hate us. Yeah, really? All right, <laughs> By ladies the way, and gentlemen. Mr. Bucket was re-released this year. Really? Yeah, that's what it says. The special edition. Uh-huh. These were timely. All right. At the Ministry of Truth, ladies and gentlemen, let us join. Do that when I'm across the room. I'm talking slowly. <laughs> Your personal savior, Tim. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, Riley. this is Tim Riley. A liberal judge has released a man who ran two bicyclists with his car and even reduced his bail and sent him home. Now his bail's only a half million dollars. This is uh, Johnny Eschweiler. He's required to post a 10% fee 
And they agreed to the uh, bail. Apparently, now he must wear a GPS ankle bracelet. He is to have no contact with the people he ran over. He may not possess weapons, drugs, or alcohol, and must surrender his driver's license. He intentionally ran his SUV into a bicyclist during a case of road rage last month. And the kid was from uh, southeast. He has non-life-threatening injuries. Then a second bicyclist unintentionally pedaled into the path of the collision. He suffered road rash all over his body. Well, you better enjoy polar bears while you can. They're all going to be dead by the year 2050. This came out today. Apparently, there there aren't enough uh, big ice chunks for them to hang on to. They're all drowning. <laughs> News that makes children cry all day with Tim Riley. What's Coke going to use from then on once the polar bears die? I don't know. Well, and that's I, a good question. I uh, I didn't I wasn't uh, I didn't know we were going to be doing this. I then my Zager and Evans uh, music. Andy. When polar bears die. Oh man, I saw some footage of that uh, that hideous new uh, what is it called? The polar tale. Arctic tale. Arctic tale. The new Starbucks movie. The new, is that really? Yeah, I think they produced it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a knockoff of March of the Penguins. It's narrated by Queen Latifah. Uh, who I actually kind of like, but it, it narrated by Queen Latifah, and it just, I saw some segments of it online, and it just looks like the worst movie ever made. It's, it got terrible reviews, too. And there's, I mean, really, how many times do you need to see a movie where there's a bunch of polar bears cavorting while they play We Are Family by Sister Sledge on the soundtrack? And then I do believe there is an entire sequence of this alleged nature film, which has, like, kooky little, like, um... Kooky little like uh, like Benny Hill music playing mm-hmm. while a bunch of sea lions just express expel flatulence for about forty seconds. Oh, that's it's sort of like the blazing sequels, blazing saddles sequel, where it's just a bunch of sea lions <laughs> just expelling flatulence from their backside, and then Queen Latifah says something like, you know, oh no, you didn't, and then they and then they and and then they play, you know, then they play like a village people song, and then I and then I go home. All right, here's Tim Riley. The news and don'ts of airline travel now translate into a tire as well. A Southwest Airlines flight attendant objected to passenger Kyla Ebert's sweater and miniskirt and ordered her off the plane because Southwest is a family airline. Ebert says the flight attendant ushered her to the accident and reprimanded her for dressing, quote, too provocatively to fly on this plane. I asked him, I said, did somebody on the airplane complain about what I'm wearing? And he didn't say yes or no. Um, At this point, I'm assuming that this was a personal attack on me. I'm just completely in compliance with any dress code that they have in force right now, which is none. I feel like he singled me out. She sounds like the type of girl that dresses provocatively. Mm -hmm. And I think you all know (laughs) she was asking for this. (laughs) She believes the flight attendant had a personal judge against her her, uh, attire. The Pacific perimeter is out of range? I don't know what that means. I've never been told that before. One more time. Doubt it again. Are you trying to play a soundbite? I am. Let's just play this one instead. Is that how they like... There you go. That's going to be our fill-in soundbite for the rest of the day. Tim and I aren't used to such warnings popping up on our monitors. No. <laughs> Let me try this other one. He told me that I was dressed too provocatively, that I was offending well, other you can passengers. Just, you can hear the lip I gloss. I asked him what part was offensive. Was it my shirt, my skirt? What can I do to make myself okay to be Oh, I think we know the answer to that, too. He told me it was the whole thing. Oh, Would you yeah. like some more blue cheese with your hot wings? <laughs> That's exactly that's exactly what she sounds like she ought to be saying. That would you like a Jaeger shot? That's totally it, you know. Like, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. We got ice glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, she sounds really smart. She does. Uh, Rudy Giuliani stopped in Orlando to remind everyone 9/11 is coming up. 9/11 is coming up. The reason we can't forget September 11 
in addition to the memory of the brave and wonderful people we lost, Stop it. We, we can't forget it because it's still going on. No one's forgetting it. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm done. Don't done. forget. Sorry. It's Sorry. September 11th Sorry. again. And we weren't able to defeat them in their goal of killing a lot of people. But we did defeat them in their goal of killing the spirit of America. Really? Jeez. Really? Did he really say that? Uh, just makes my skin We wrong. must remind them why they need us. Mr. Creedy! Did I tell you two bridges are going to be closed over the weekend? Is this the beginning to a joke? No. Oh. It's the serious news. Oh. The interstate bridge is going to be closed in both directions beginning at 9 p.m. Well, tomorrow until 8 a.m. Sunday. Fantastic. That's the one that uh, connects the Cove with Portland. Are so you kidding? Good thing no one needs to go anywhere. Yeah. Good thing I didn't need to go to the Cove to see Joni this weekend, which I did. Well, I guess that won't be happening. It's going to be a very sad day for visiting in Vancouver. No, because everything is going to be compressed down, and the 205 is going to be like four times as crowded. Oh, there. my God. Like that's... the Berlin Wall. 205 sucks How can anyway. they do that? They can, and they will. Fascists. Mm -hmm. Revolution now! I can't think about to go anywhere. We need that. Doesn't matter whether you have to or not. You're not gonna be. But I wasn't last weekend. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, you're screwed. All right. Well, there'll be cheerful goodbyes from people in the coup beginning at 9 p.m. tomorrow when they close the bridge down. There'll be sad songs to make you cry. Also, the Burnside Bridge is closed down, so all you kids who enjoy partying—that's not an option. Partying on the, the Burnside Bridge <laughs> at the <laughs> Lighthouse Party Mission. Seriously. Uh, well, let's just take some, uh, <laughs> just do, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What's happening? I honestly don't know the answer to that. What's up? <laughs> well, I have a Craigslist joke. I'm probably a little late, but, yes. um, yes. Like, and on. a spider story, if you wish. What do we want to hear, Craigslist joke or spider story? No spiders. Craigslist. Craigslist. Or Craig, a hairball okay, story. Go with the, do you have a joke about long hanks of hair being caught between your teeth, sir? <laughs> Isn't what? that the Craigslist joke? <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry, let's all stop. Aaron, Aaron Geek in the City. I hate you both so much. Aaron Geek in the City has this whole, I don't even want to call it a phobia, but he has this whole horrible, because uh, it's disgusting, vomitous reaction to any story about hair being caught in your mouth or your food. It's little strips of dead cells just floating in the so air. So if anybody has a story about maybe you're halfway through a sandwich and then you realize you've swallowed a long piece of oh, hair. Oh, I hate that you try to pull it out and there's food chunks attached to it. Do you ever do this, Aaron? You get a hair caught between your teeth and you try to yank it and it just breaks off? I really... And no. It, and it gets wedged between your teeth? And, and then you'll, they'll never... And then it just sort of tickles your tongue? Right now, well, my the, lips are just all tingly from disgust right now. What is your uh, Craigslist joke, sir? All right. I don't think it follows the uh, criteria per se, but... So this is what I got. Uh -huh. um, so I was perusing Craigslist for... Um, Free dance lessons yes. the other night, and all I came up with was the white stance Republican toilet toe tap. And then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. That's all, that's all I got. No, I, I've got one, but I don't know if you can say it. Sad for all of this. Uh, all right, what was your name, sir? Dan. All right, Dan. Dan well, thank you so much. We appreciate the spirit. Good, good try. <laughs> Thanks. All right, bye now. All right, there you go. Uh, hi, Remy. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I just want to tell you, years ago, well, not years, too many years ago, I was involved with a group of people here, and we used to uh, teach ourselves how to eat medicinal plants, uh, harvest medicinal foods, track animals, you know, kind of like survival living skills or Indian living skills, you might say. And I met this guy out in Bymart in Oregon City. He was out front, <laughs> he was out front selling what he called Caribbean lawn daisies. It turns out, I looked at him like, those are dandelions. 
It turns out this guy, he was also in a natural living skills. He was a, an older, retired guy. Hold on. Let me just, hold on. Let me pull up a chair. Just don't go anywhere. Hang on. Ugh. Yeah, because Robert is up for this one. All right. Okay. He's selling you so, dandelions. Yeah, and he's calling a Caribbean lawn days. He's, and he's making money selling for five bucks a pot. And he's wearing like, uh, like, like. Uh, what was the weather shoes. like that day? Was, was it more nice. hot or cold that day? It was Oregon City. It smelled Probably like ass. It didn't matter. It was summertime. Mm -hmm. So we, we got to talking. It turns out he knows quite a bit about uh, about tracking animals and hunting and bow making and all that. It was a friend of mine who introduced me to him. Turns out he used to be a stockbroker down in California. <laughs> this is sort of becoming a piece of Dada-esque art. All right, yes, go ahead. Keep going. He's been a stockbroker yeah. in Southern California. That's fascinating. And he was tired of the rat racing. He had been diagnosed with some sort of a terminal disease. And so he met with his financial advisor and found out his whole life to the final penny. Yeah. He lived in a shack out in Malala, out in the woods of Malala. <laughs> no electricity, no running water. Yeah. Turns out on the day he was given like six months to live or whatever it was, he gave away most of his money, sold his house in California, moved up here to, to pot himself all the natural living skills. Um, one day, my friend, his name is Shane, took me over there. I wonder how long this would go. This is pretty great, actually. I wonder how long uh, this call would go. Yes, yeah, continue. It's like we're a couple of hobbits and tree beard just kind of carrying us along. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go ahead. We went, we went out to his shack, and we knocked on his door. But, you know, he was pretty more cantankerous than he usually was because he was a pretty sour guy. Yeah, hot that day. And we are like, why are you so upset? And he said, well, that was the day he was supposed to die. And he's PO'd because he was alive. He woke up and he was alive and he didn't have any money left. So and that and so what we that's when he started doing the lawn days. Pardon me, was my friend had told me that shortly before that. And so we went out and we started teaching all started learning these things with him. One day my friend called me up. A timer on this, yes? Said, let's go out to the guy's uh, house. So we went out there to a shack. We knocked on the door. There's no answer. Haven't we, we already been to this up. part of the story? Shh, don't ruin it. I'm waiting for the go ending. Ahead, go ahead. Go We're ahead. at the Malala Streets of Dreams. Yeah. There's going to be a great punchline. Don't you ruin it for me. Scotty just typed on the screen, so bye-bye, Mrs. American Pie. <laughs> okay, yes? We knock on the door. There's no answer. We go inside. The guy is dead. So he, So he's dressed all in skins. He's made his own bows, his own arrows. He hunted and trapped and sold lawn daisies down at Bymart in Oregon City. And Shane had spent lots of time with him. Wait, who was Shane again? Shane had an Army. onion on his belt. Oh, okay. As was the style at the time. That's right. Oh, Shane was the Malala Shane, right? Shane, Shane was this, this friend of mine who was really good friends with him. I hung out with him a lot. What was the weather like the day you found him dead? Was it hot then? Well, it was cooler. It was about, oh, it was about September, I believe. Okay, so it would have been overcast probably. Cool, yes. Lawn daisy harvest season, huh? So turns out the guy wanted a the guy wanted a natural burial. So the guy had gunny sacks. He was really old, very frail, very thin, didn't eat much. So we put him in two gunny sacks, one over his head and one up over his feet, cinched it around his waist, and Shane threw him over his shoulder. And we threw him we drove out to the south side of Mount Hood. Uh, I think it was on the Warren Springs Reservation. Yeah. And we hiked up the trails because he had always wanted a natural variant, uh, burial. <laughs> so we found some trail, and we hiked up, and we're passing hikers on a trail who yeah. have no idea we've got a dead guy in a gunny sack. <laughs> I never really thought the story was going to be taking these turns. Go ahead. 
So we hiked up uh, above the, uh, the the forest line, above the tree line. So we went up, way up into the snow, and we found some glacier somewhere. And we dug down, we buried this guy way deep down in the snow. And so he got his wishes. But the interesting thing is, the guy had, no had no tattoos. I don't know if he had fillings. He had no rings. He had no metal. He was dressed in nothing but fur, uh, feathers, and leather. So who knows? Someday someone may find him and think it's a Cro-Magnon man or something like that, when it's just really this old stockbroker from California. So that was the guy who refused to die, and I just want to tell you about it. Hold on just a second. Does anybody in this room remember what the story started with? Uh, Caribbean Lawn Caribbean Days, Days is in Oregon City. At the Biomart, the parking right. lot. Okay, yeah. excellent. Tim and I, we're all over it. I, yeah, I, my, my, retention started to, my retention started to go about halfway through. Uh, that was actually, Everybody's on our side. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was a pretty great call, sir. I really was unclear about how things were going to unfold. Well done. I would say that's probably the call of the week so far. That can be one oh, of excellent. Two promos. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for taking a shot on this call. Talk to you later. Not at all. Thank you. And he's done. He didn't even stay around for his Hosannas. Yeah. Well, stand by out. me, too. And he's out. <laughs> that was totally. pretty incredible. Jesus. You won't hear that on the music station. No. No, yeah. you'd hear a radio edit of that. That's the album cut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then um, we buried him. <laughs> okay. Um... I don't even know where to go from there. Did either. you did you guys see the thought? And then we then we shoved him into two gunny sacks and carried him up the mountain. And I, they're, they're really industrious. I mean, really. I, I mean, that's more than the fellow could have asked for. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, um, I mean, you know. Hey, Aaron Geek in the city. Duran, hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Hey, my apologies. I didn't make it to the Vanished Twin showing last night because I'm an ass. That's right. Wallowing your shame. I meant shame. to pimp it and go to it, and then I didn't. Aaron sent me a text message. Hey, the, the, you know, the, the Vanished Twin photography showing is growing great. Me. Oh, damn. Off. <laughs> Back to Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fine. Well, they'd understand that then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they like the Olsen twins? <laughs> what? What? The Vanished Twins? No, no, because there's, like the there's only twins. one of them. If one of the Olsen twins ate the other, oh. yeah, which you know could happen. Never know. And then we put him in a gunny sack. What, uh, let's <laughs> tell me about uh, Shoot 'Em Up, which is a new Shoot em Clive up. Owen movie. Yeah, opens today. Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti, and Monica Bellucci. Um, it's a, the movie's a blast, and it's it's uh, just kind of a really intense action film. I've only See, I seen... hate to use the phrase that it's not a real smart movie, because I know that makes you angry. I've only seen the... Um, no, it doesn't. No, no, no. That's... No. See, this it's is... It's not... The, oh, here's the thing. The it's fallout, not a dumb action movie. The, it's uh, The fallout from that Transformers review is that, <laughs> is that there was this idea somehow that I can't get into a, a movie that is just very basic and simple. It's not that. Okay. It's well, just that, that I... It's, I just ask for them to be well-made. Um start. No, I'm just saying, okay. it, and unless, unless it is strictly like a B film. I mean, no, just this... for the record, I'm just saying, just to clarify, for the record, uh, if the Transformers have been like a Roger Corman film and, yeah. and it sucked, that's one thing. But when you you know have Spielberg on your side <laughs> and Michael Bay and you are given quite literally an infinite amount of money and time and any cast you could possibly want. In other words, there are no limitations. You have access to every resource on Earth. And that's the best you can come up with. That that's okay. that's where the hammer comes down. Well, here, I just thought of an analogy that I think you'll appreciate. Shoot 'em up is the movie equivalent to that game Black. Oh, I'm all over it. That's gun, what it's like. It's, it's gun a, porn. Yeah, it, that's really all it is. I mean, the movie I've seen opens. The animatic. That's all I've seen for it. I've never even seen a trailer. Yeah, I mean, the movie just opens with Clive Owen, who's a homeless man, basically sitting on a bench, and this pregnant woman comes running by, screaming for her life, and a car chases her down. 
and he watches them both pass, kind of stops, and then just says, ah, F. Gets up and goes after the car. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, like, I kid you not, there's a scene that when, and this isn't a big spoiler because this happens really soon. When the woman gives birth, the only way he can remove the baby is to shoot the umbilical cord and he's uh-huh. off and running again. <laughs> now, is it true oh. that there is a sequence where he is uh, engaged in an act of sexual congress there with Monica a, Bellucci while in a gunfight? There is a John Woo-style gunfight while he's having a love scene with Monica Bellucci. That is so great. <laughs> it's fantastic. See, that's And Paul Giamatti actually makes a pretty fun villain. you got to embrace the dumb. That's no, the it thing. Is. Yeah. you got to embrace the dumb and go with it sometimes. Yeah, the title it's says what it well. is. It's shoot him up. No one ever needs to reload. It just... Guns blazing. See, that's as soon as I saw the title a few years ago, actually, and it was just called, hey, this is just called Shoot 'em Up. I'm like, I don't even care. I'll go see it based on the title. In a way, it's kind of, you know, snakes on a plane. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Shoot 'em Up. It involves lots of guns and explosions and Excellent. shot pretty well. I was going to say, but is it done well? Is I mean, do you feel, because there's got to be that sense of kinetic, you yeah, know, that no, charge where it never stops. No, it really is done very well in terms of that kinetic energy, which is surprising because the director's rel- director and writer, same guy, is relatively unknown. In fact, the last film that anybody would know, and this isn't really of a compliment, was um, he was the man who brought us Double Dragon, the movie. <laughs> back that's in, a, like, what, like 91 or whatever? Yeah. So, and then he, you know, went back to USA shows. But, um, yeah, Shoot 'em Up is actually pretty fun. And is it opens today? It opens today. So, go, you know, see two movies this weekend. Go see 310 to Yuma for a very smart Western. And then go see Shoot 'em Up if you needed more action, if you didn't get it all from 13, you know, 310 to Yuma. Excellent. Very good. And the 310 to Yuma is, is Russell Crowe and uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. And I, Henry Fonda. Uh, or Peter Fonda, sorry. <laughs> Henry, <laughs> and Henry Fonda as the dust. As the reaper, yeah. <laughs> but the other, one has, the other one has Monica Lewinsky, correct? Monica, Monica Bellucci. Oh, I'm sorry. Different. Oh, oh my God! The, that's the Southwestern Airlines. I'm looking at this this girl that we had the sound clip from, who is not allowed to fly in Southwest Airlines because of her outfit. She is a Hooters waitress. No, she is. She no. is. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, Sarah, hold on, hold on. Everybody, before you look, look, what do you imagine? Tim, do you have the soundbite? No, I can go back and find it here. All right. So, Sarah, can you hear the soundbite? Yeah. Okay. Here we Play go. the soundbite, and I'm gonna have Sarah guess what she looks like. All right. He had told me that I was dressed too provocatively, that I was offending other passengers. I asked him what part was offensive. Was it my shirt, my skirt? What can I do to make myself okay to be on this flight? And Big Daddy Rick knows the, the whole thing. Mm. All right, Sarah, what do you think she looks like? Um, like straight, long, like, I don't know, brown. I was going to say blonde, but that might be too cliche. Brown hair. Follow your cliches. Sarah. Follow your instincts. Go with your brown instincts. Hair, like little wispy bangs, huge cans, um, very tan. Let's see. We're in like a pink tank. Booyah! Very tan, huge can, straight blonde hair. Only thing you got wrong with the tank top color. I yeah. They should get her standing up because I bet that skirt is like not even covering her ass. Like, oh no, sitting thing. down, it's it's barely it's it barely like past her. Uh, you can see her kidneys. Her region. Well, maybe she she's sitting. <laughs> maybe she's sitting in economy. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, uh, there's yeah. not much room. It's Southwest. There's no choice. A college student and Hooters waitress. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, we must be breaking. All right. Uh, you have to leave, Aaron? Yeah. I Would you like to tell everybody why? Uh, today is Aaron's no baby day surgery. Yeah. No baby. <clears throat> no, no more geeks in this world. You know you're going to be talking grapefruits. You're assuming that I don't already. <laughs> oh, and we're, and we're out. Yeah. Look at that. Geek style. <laughs> You know what it is? You have a natural 20 pony. I was just going to say, sometimes you got to roll a hard six. <laughs> Excellent. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Mystery guest coming up. Dennis Pitzenberger, top five. Tim Riley, stay there.
it's the Rick Emerson Radio Pro. Is it 210? Does it say, I mean, I know we say this a lot, but does this say, day seem exponentially fast to you? It actually kind of does. It really does seem like the show went by. I don't even remember doing the news hour. Sure, it was amusing and all, but I mean, I don't even remember being here. All right. Well, in any event, we're here with Dennis Pitsenbarger from Miles Around. What's coming up on tomorrow's show, me, uh, compadre? Uh, well, we're going to be uh, focusing on the fact that I'm going to be racing at Sunset Speedway. Somebody's going to put me in the car, Cole, Stri- uh, Cole Trickle, uh, all a Days of Thunder style, and let me drive their race car Saturday night. And I will be doing a review on the GT500, a 500-horsepower Shelby Mustang I'm driving this week. And I have to say that I feel... Is that that thing in the parking lot? The license... Well, I shouldn't give the license plate out, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That the, weird license plate? The special California manufacturer yeah. license plate. Yeah. I'm not much of a car guy, but that's a, that is a badass-looking car. It really is. It is uh, bright yeah. red. It is the uh, epitome of everything it Mustang. Is, it is like... It is the very definition of a muscle car. Yeah, yeah. As you say in those one commercials, Jennifer Connelly is beautiful. The Mustang is that beautiful. That is... I got to tell you, there must there is something weird about the Mustang. Because, again, I, you know, I'm the furthest thing from a car guy. I kind of know what I like, and I know a good-looking car, but I'm not a car guy. But you know what? There is something, even, look, because I'm not a muscle car kind of guy. You know me. I'm just, I don't care. As long a as it, yeah, it works well, and it, it's not going to break down, and it gets decent mileage. That's all I care about. But when it comes to Mustangs, there is something about those cars that it's like they have some weird s- straight line into your brain as a guy. Uh, they're just they're just amazing. They're just beautiful cars. They really are, and I don't even care about cars like that, but they're fantastic. Well, the funny thing when you say that is the first thought that goes through my head is the fact that the original car was designed to be a secretary's car. Totally, exactly. Well, <laughs> but that's that that's the thing about the auto industry, right? They developed the PT Cruiser for men and women like it. They yeah. developed the Mustang for women and men like it. Uh, I mean, Mazda Miata, same example. Yeah, exactly, totally. All right. Well, in any event. Well, guys like those. Uh, let's see. Because Are special we... guests. Uh, I know what kind of. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Let's get this call. Yeah. Well, uh, Scotty's still trying to straighten out, uh, straighten out the mystery guest. I think. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, best show ever. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is Julie. And yesterday, I wanted to know if you had the opportunity to listen to the KOIN news at five o'clock. Uh, the answer to that question is always no. Always no. Well, I wish you had a little clip of it because they were trying to interview the sister-in-law of the gal that was rescued from um, wherever she was rescued from. Uh, the, the, the old woman that was wandering around? The old, yeah, the yeah. old woman that was around forever. And they're trying to interview this woman, and she's having a conversation, and the do- she has two dogs that are sitting right next to her that are yapping, like doing that really sharp... <laughs> Hope I didn't break your ears on that. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> making that noise, and they're trying to go on with this conversation and interview, and the dogs are so loud that it's, it's overpowering her voice, and they kept trying to go on. I'm thinking, when are you going to stop this? I was laughing so hard. Was especially a, after, could you tell, was it a live interview or previously taped? Oh, no, it was absolutely live. That that was the problem, because I'm thinking, so how in the heck can they keep going on when this, I mean, you can't hear a thing. The dogs are so loud. They're piercing my ears, and I was laughing, especially after the, the reports that you guys did yesterday on the um the guy who was doing the report on the, with the burning bodies in the background. Oh, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And that's exactly the kind of stuff, if you're an anchor, I think, that makes you crack up where you just lose all your composure. <laughs> and it's easier on talk radio because, you know, you'll hear this on talk radio shows occasionally. They take a call from some guy, and you know, for some reason on talk radio, it's always um, a, a baby screaming in the background. Yeah, this take a call. twice as bad. Well, I want to call up and talk to you about uh, the immigration problem. <laughs> and in the background, it's always like, <laughs> 
and it's and, and but it's like the parent doesn't even hear it. Like right. Yeah, that's. I'll, I'll see if anybody has a clip of it out there. Uh, please do. It's hysterical, and I think it's just as good as. And he's gay. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. All right. A fire crash leaves three people dead. Police in Nebraska say a rental truck carrying two people lost control. Crossed the median and collided head-on with a semi-truck. Both trucks burst into flames, and witnesses say there were several explosions. The two... <laughs> Excuse me. The two people in the rental, <laughs> the two people in the rental truck and the driver of the semi. This is a sad story. Excuse me. Were killed. Crews said they had fires contained in about 10 minutes. Interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, but. He's gay. Fantastic. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello there. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, I got two things. Can I take a guess at the mystery guest? Uh, yeah, although, in fact, before you do that, sir, before you say another word, uh, please just hold on one second here. Daddy J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, can I kiss you on the mouth? Please let me. Good morning, Metolius. Hi, Scotty J. How's that mystery guest coming? Well, Rick, you know oh, the name. You, you, are, are we? Are, is have we been Jade again? No, I I think it, it's going to happen. But you know the nature of who this person is. What are you trying to say? It doesn't surprise you that it's a minute or two after. Oh, okay. So what's happening? When I'm calling the voicemail, it even sounds like oh no wonder why this guy ain't here. So who? What is your guess for the mystery guest, sir? Bob Newman. It, Paul Newman? Are you just saying that to antagonize Dennis? Yeah, no, no. I, I would like I would like to interview Paul Newman. I really with, would. With your fist? Yes, something like um, a rubber hose. Okay. Uh, what is your observation? Do you have another uh, another comment, sir? Yes, you need to make Dennis's show longer on Saturdays. I'm one of his club listeners. Thank you. I'll it's too short. I'll talk to the program director about that. Yeah, you okay. should go to noon. Like hey, uh, all right, thank you, calling. sir. You could maybe... Okay. This oh. is the hotline. Is the uh, guest line is ringing? Will you will yeah. you check and see that that's? I was going to say you could describe it. No, one. But, but see, that's a bad idea. All right. Because then we're going to answer. It's going to be the manager going. I'm sorry, he's not available to come to the. Let's get one more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. You don't know from Muscle Cars. Tell Dennis to give you a Mustang for Hold a week. Hold on a second. Dennis, give me a Mustang for a week. He's right here, sir. I, I will it's give. It's got to be a GT Mustang, and it's that first free hit of smack, man. At the end of the week, he won't be able <laughs> to take back forward. his little forerunner. <laughs> I uh, I completely agree with you, sir. I think that uh, Rick really does deserve a ride in a 500-horsepower Mustang after the show. No, don't scare him as a passenger. Give it to him as a driver. He won't be able to drive anything else. I, well, you know what? I completely concur. <laughs> All right, excellent. Yeah, the sinister laugh really sells it. Thank you. All right, let's read this. This is about the uh, girl who got kicked off the Southwest flight. Rick, that girl kicked off the Southwest Airlines flight for dressing inappropriately, wore the same outfit on the Today Show to prove her point. She stood up to show the camera, but when she sat back down on the couch, she totally pulled a Sharon Stone and showed her crotch to the entire world because <laughs> her skirt was so short. Signed, also, she looks like a man. Do not want. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Hello, Scotty J. Yeah, we're good to go. What do you mean? We are golden. The mystery The mystery guest, the mystery is, guest is on oh, the wait. phone now. That's correct. At this moment. Standing yeah. by. <laughs> Probably about ready to hang up. Ready to go. Locked and loaded. 
I don't know, I'm just being an ass. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show a living legend, the one and only Tommy Chong. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? How are you doing, my friend? Good to talk to you. How are things? How's life? Uh, life is fine. Life is beautiful. And, of course, everybody knows, uh, you know, everybody knows the name Tommy Chong. Everybody who came of age, I would say, passed. When did you, when did you first hit uh, the big, when did you, would you say you became a star? What year did that happen? Things really kicked uh, in. 1971 was yeah. the date. And so the same year that Stairway uh, to Heaven was released, uh, Tommy yeah. Chong entered the national consciousness. Is it true? Are, yeah. you, in, are you in Portland right now? Uh, no, I'm going to be in Portland uh, tomorrow at the Hempfest. And Hempfest is now. We want to give everybody a chance to kind of right. plug what's going on, Scotty. Do you? Uh, do I you thought have... it was either Hempfest or Hempstock, one of the two. I'm not sure. Or Hempstock? What, 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 what? I don't know what they call it. But anyway, <laughs> it's got something to do with uh, hemp. <laughs> and I'm going to be there. Excellent. Fantastic. That's all you need to hear when the guy calls you, Tommy. I've got something. It's called hemp. And you, just, yeah, I'm in. That's all. You just hear that one syllable, and you're good to go. <laughs> Do you well, I'm glad, man. Tommy anyway, Chong. I'm going to be there. I don't even know where it's at, but I'll find it. Well, you know what it is, sir? I mean, you know what? You're a big enough star that you don't even need to worry about it. They, they find you. They put you on a plane. They take you off the plane. They put you in front of a microphone. Bing, bam, boom. Then you're back at the hotel. Yeah, I like that. No, I'm going to be selling T-shirts and, uh, and you know, uh, and collecting uh, memorabilia from the Hemp Fest. And you got the uh, you got the book, right? The it's called uh, I the Chong. I Chong, yeah. Have you read it yet? No, it's about I have not, and I frankly I didn't know that it was primarily a prison book, right? Because you got hit with the Ashcroft thing, where they really nailed you. Uh, yeah, they uh, well, they nailed me a bunch of times, but. Uh, and well, just, actually, so I can give the backstory here. So there was, uh, and we talked about this on the show when it happened, that there was this really a silly thing where they were looking to make an example of somebody uh, yeah. for selling, uh, you know, the a water bong. pipes or whatever, a bong online. And then well, they... I, well, what I did, I, I, I made a stupid joke. I told uh, someone on the radio in St. Louis that the only weapons of mass destruction that the Bush administration found so far were my bongs. And so they and, wanted to make an example of you because you were famous. That's what they did. And you got hit with what? It was nine months in the in the pen. Nine months in jail, and I got uh, I lost about two million dollars in work and fines and everything else. It was it was pretty sad. And you have this book, which is called I Chong uh, Meditations yeah. from the Joint, and. I mean, so I mean, obviously you talked about uh, you know marijuana laws, and I know you're on the board of Normal and all that for a long time. But now you can actually speak firsthand. I mean, you are a guy who got yeah. uh, who got victimized by the the That's so-called right. war on drugs. So that that is so correct. Hey, uh, sorry, it's a dumb question. So are you are you able to sell anything like that now, or is it part of it the uh, deal that you can't do any of that? Well, we we do uh, we sell T-shirts. Uh, no, they can they can't really do anything to me now. You know, uh, but I'm not stupid. You know. <laughs> I'm not selling bongs, that's for sure. You know, the weird thing is, you have been around and been a force, you know, both as Cheech and Chong and then, you know, out on your own for long enough. It's weird to think that the guys who maybe had grew up listening to Cheech and Chong or maybe were sitting around getting high listening to Cheech and Chong, those are the same guys who are now old enough that they're in Congress making the same laws uh, that put you in jail. Well, it was Joseph Biden that made the law, that uh, the paraphernalia law that got me busted, you know. Just to give you an idea, you know, he 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 meant the law to be against uh, people that were doing raids, you know, and he ended up they ended up misinterpreting, and they included marijuana pipes, you know, in with uh, the crack pipes, 
<laughs> so, but it's okay. It's all done, and now I'm at the Hemp Fest, and everything's fine. We're talking to Tommy Chong here. A few other people in the studio. I know, Dennis, you had a question about his evolution as... Well, I did. You know, Tommy, the thing is, is, you know, as a person who gets made fun of quite often for my, uh, let's call it a Canadian maple leaf tattooed on my arm... Yeah. You know, I I I find it interesting how so many people who've probably found you out of out of favor back in quote unquote the day, now that it, your career as an actor has come full circle, it's kind of interesting. How do you feel now that you've been a star on shows like the '70s Show, where it's uh, it's not a cliche, but it's like where you're welcome for something that you were made, you know, where you were ridiculed for it before? Yeah, well, uh, the '70s Show, Dharma and Greg, and now they got the show called Weeds. I mean, you can't turn on a show now where where there's someone, you know, look at Entourage. They're all sucking on bongs all the time, you know. It's really popular now. Just from your point of view as a guy who's been in the culture for a long time, and you must get asked this all, all, all the time, but do you, uh, I mean, do you see a time in America uh, when they're going to reform marijuana laws? Yes, I do. Very shortly, you know. I think I think this is the last gasp, you know, because so many states are passing the medical uh, initiative, you know, and the federal government, you know, they they're just running out of time and money and and uh, energy to uh, prosecute everybody, you know. So they're selecting, uh, you know, people here and there, but uh, you know that will change as soon as we change the administration, because all the um, Democratic uh, candidates. All favor uh, uh, letting states choose their own uh, medical uh, laws. You know, is it true you so, were doing a Broadway play uh, where it was you or somebody else uh, was smoking weed on stage? Is that, that true? That was uh, the what do you call it? marijuana logs. And it was okay, but it was it was a play, and I guess it got you it got shut down, or you decided to stop doing something because I guess there were people smoking on stage, oh, right? Oh, oh, I was on probation. Okay, all right. See, I was on probation, and I wasn't allowed to. Uh, to uh, partake. <laughs> I have to. Okay. As it were. Just two other quick questions. I, I know we're kind of under the gun here, time wise, but two sure. quick questions. One is Do you get, to this day, do you get a guy every day coming up to you and saying, Dave's not here? <laughs> I mean, does that happen every day to you? It's changed every other day now. <laughs> I mean, did it, was there a point when a guy would come up and go, Hey, Dave's not here, and you just wanted to punch the guy in the face? I mean, really? Oh. Uh, no, no, I, I've never, I've always loved, I love the attention. I, I love attention. It's when they don't come up and they, they say, yeah, that's it. Fair enough. It's, it, it's when they don't recognize me. That's when I punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, and final question, Tommy Chong, and here's the other question you get all the time, I'm sure. Uh, we always hear that there's going to be another Cheech and Chong movie. True or false? Uh, well, there is. You know what, what? What we're doing now? We're animating all the records, all the CDs, and they're coming out in, in an animated package. And so there's going to be like a feature length uh, uh, animation of all the crazy Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. Do you have a website, sir? Uh, well, no, not yet. I mean, there's an unofficial uh, Cheech right. and Chong website, and then there's a non-official uh, MySpace. Uh, uh, it's not me, but, but, you know, but there's a lot of stuff out there if they want to find out. But don't forget HempFest. That's he going to be the big Yes, uh, and the website for that, somebody said this to me, is uh, O-R, 
normal, and that's normal without an A, uh, O-R-N-O-R-M-L, O-R-Normal.org. Uh, uh, that's the, the one. That's All right, the one. Tommy Chong, it's a pleasure, sir. Thank you. And thanks for having me. All Bye. right, there you go. Tommy Chong, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic. Excellent. There you go. I find I find that, you know, Tommy Chong, it's so funny to be a person who, uh, I guess the best way to say it is partakes for so long and then now doesn't. It's so funny to see all that stuff come full circle. I've been to Hempfest and the Oregon State or the Oregon Country Fair, and it's, uh, I have to... I think it's great that people do that because, you know, here's an example. If you go to any rowdy bar downtown where there's a bunch of alcohol, I guarantee you there's going to be a fight. Oh, yeah. No, there's just a bunch of guys and waiting to punch each other. Just waiting to start a fight with somebody. And I guarantee you, if, if somebody walked up and said, can I get a bush light and a... Uh, an ounce of centimillion. Uh, I think there's going to be uh, nothing but uh, smiles and hugs. The way that just rolls off your tongue. I've as never... though you've ordered that several times somewhere. I've been to Europe. But I've never been to me. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, i got to keep doing it. Okay, did you, uh, did you pimp your thing? Uh, well, I could really quick. I think it's, uh, you know, miles, miles around. around. Tomorrow, 6 to 9, or uh, uh, 9 to 11. Uh, that would be car and driver. Sorry, right and after car and driver, 9 and, to 11. And then uh, the tasting room after that with Tom Likas. We are going to be out of Bank Sunset Speedway filming for the TV show, and also I'm going to be out there racing. So if you want to come out there and uh, give us a hoo, uh, hoorah for me uh, being out there and being cold trickle, please do. And I will be able to report on how great the uh, JT concert is tonight. Because oh, that's right. You're going to Justin Timberlake. I, I am. I am now that because of your bride. My bride wants to go to Jim, Justin Timberlake. I will give you this. Justin Timberlake, you have to give him credit that he is, A, very talented. B, he actually writes and does his own music. And C, if it, he wasn't doing it, Michael Jackson would be doing all the songs he's doing is, now. So. Is he on your wife's list? Oh, I'm sure. Is he on the? But is he on the exemption list? I, you know, I don't know if there's an exemption list. There isn't one from my end, but I'm sure if Justin Timberlake <laughs> walked into my house with his shirt off, she'd wonder who I was. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well done. Well, you have to give us the uh, the, the blow-by-blow. Yes, I want to run down. Well, it should be interesting. My wife, you got good I seats? Well, I didn't realize that my wife... See, I didn't really look at the credit card statement when she bought the tickets like six months ago when they went on uh, on sale, and apparently she bought us the tickets that were like... Golden Circle, honey. What's that mean? Uh, something like $200 a piece. I'm sitting at a bar at the edge of the stage, so I'll be taking shots while my wife uh, does oogly eyes at Justin Timberlake. Where is the show? Is it the Rose Garden? It's at the Rose Garden tonight. There's a bar by the side of the stage? I yeah. guess I've never been invited to sit that close. I don't know. I, I guess it's part Part of the stage, like they have bartenders that are set up like right there. It's like part of that's the pretty cool. It's in the center of the of the rose garden, it's not actually at the end. So. Like where the soundboard would be? No, there's no soundboard. It's a but I mean where the soundboard would be. They've got like a bar. That's like, kind of a cool thing. I I don't know. I'll be drinking heavily. Is it like my when Metallica did that tour years ago and they had the snake pit where you could actually be on stage? I was in the snake pit. So, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I actually uh, there's a I couldn't even tell you that story in time. All I know is one friend of mine got in and then threw his wristband at me and I climbed over several ten to fifteen year olds to tackle-esque as I grab that, like the Holy Grail, to get into the uh, the mosh pits. Excellent. All right, so if you're out there tonight, look for Dennis Pitsenbarger at Justin Timberlake, and then uh, listen can't. to him uh, tomorrow, 9 to 11. I can't help but say it. I will try to bring the sexy back. I know. Me and... I'll go do my Sporberg with him. <laughs> Dennis Pitsenbarger, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, 9 to 11, preceded by Car and Driver Radio. Good God. The day. 2.30. Tim Riley around the corner and the top five songs from the best year of Scotty J's life. Stay there. I'm not feeling that. I am not either. All right.
What, what show is that network, or what network is that show going to be on, that Perez Hilton show? VH1. Really? Well, that's fitting, though. He'll fit right in with the shallow, snarky, you know, like the talking head guys that just get on there for every leg. But let's talk about 1987. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, we have Scotty J's top five songs from the best year of his life. Uh, this, however, is the one and only Tim Riley. The and now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A baby has been found in a shoebox. A 19-year-old mother arrested in Queens, New York. After the cops found and, well, they, they came over and found a baby in a shoebox. With a pistol there, too, and some cocaine and drugs and ammunition. The baby's been turned over to loving authorities. I was trying to do like a girlfriend in a coma thing, but I don't know the melody well enough. You know, like a baby in a shoebox. Somebody. See, girlfriend in a coma. No, it doesn't really work. Well, maybe because it's Friday. Somebody faked a robbery at the Ben Kentucky Fried Chicken. Or do they call it KFC now? I think they do. I think, no, no, no. I think they're back to calling it Kentucky Fried Chicken. 23-year-old Michael Russell told the police... But when he was working, a man pulled up to his drive-up window and displayed a gun. Demanding money, he complied. The suspect then took off in an unknown direction. Then they re-interviewed the Kentucky Fried Chicken employee, and he admitted he took the money and falsely reported the robbery to 911. They recovered half the money stolen. He had uh, he has been arrested and brought into court. A 65-year-old woman who went to a Farmington, Maine supermarket to buy wine was turned away because she didn't have an ID with her. I'll be bringing my driver's license with me from now on, said Barbara Scalper. Normally she carries her license, but she has her leg in the cast, and she's been driven by a friend who went to the market to pick up several items, including a bottle of wine. Meanwhile, the guy was dressed only in skins and living in a shack out by Malala, who used to be a stockbroker in California. <laughs> What's great about who is, this? Who is covered with feathers. I... I got several emails during that from somebody saying, with an onion on his belt, as was the style at the time. Uh, you have to say it appropriately, though. As was the style at the time. Is that how it's said? Mm-hmm. Wait, are you doing Grandpa Simpson? Yeah. Okay. Is that how you... Uh, see, it, I have only seen that episode a couple of times, and now it's morphed in my head into the whole... And I've just started to just become more and more exaggerated. Here's an interesting observation. Rick, did that Storian gentleman just admit to illegally burying a Latter-day Mountain man on your show? I can't wait till some skier <laughs> finds the body and calls to tell us all about it. I was thinking that same thing, too. It's just a matter of time if somebody finds that guy. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to call us. Oh, then... like with Lycus and the woman who said that... Totally. What'd she, what did she do? Well, she shot She shot her husband and claimed it was suicide or her, some guy, and the cops thought it was suicide, and she called Lycus. I got away with it. The, um, but that guy, and then we buried him in a mountain. You know, and it's just uh, you know that that's a matter of time to a guy. Yeah, he's trying to some guy's snowboarding and hits you know hits a skull on the way down. All right. Well, they were just trying to give the man his final wishes. It's true. I mean, who would complain? I mean, if you if you used to be a stockbroker in California and are now living in a remote shack in the woods of Malala, <laughs> you'll who, take... who could really be left to care? <laughs> There clearly, I guess, I guess that is true. There are probably no friends or family no. looking for that guy. No. I hadn't really thought about that. He was a man alone. Mm-hmm. What is it? Oh, I was trying to do the, uh, what is that, the Boston guy write? There's something, what's that thing he wrote in French? The Boston man wrote something in French? Remember that Brad Delp from Boston? Oh, okay. He left that suicide note where he wrote in French, I am in solitude, I am a man alone. Uh, should I take calls? More news? Top five? Take oh, let's take more calls, by all means. You don't sound that legitimately no, I, I excited. They, they've been waiting. 
Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, I got a spider story for you. When I was uh... excellent, Sarah. There's another spider story. Yeah, it's a really good one too. When I was like 11 or 12, we were at my aunt's beach cabin. I got bit. I like the sound of the spider was... drinking your tears. Yes, go ahead. You're at your aunt's beach cabin. Yeah, when I was asleep, uh, uh, so a brown recluse spider bit me uh. right next to the eye. Oh, that sucks. And it swelled up the whole side of my face. And this sounds very that... familiar. The only reason we know it was a brown recluse because in my sleep I swatted it and squished it. So it was there in the morning. That's almost worse, actually, that they're able to identify that it was a brown recluse because the corpse of the spider was next to you when you woke up. Yeah, bit you but... next to the eye. Yeah, the, well, yeah, I have like a, uh, a scar from it. It's like a chicken pox. Um, How, uh, so your face sw- swelled up. Did it, did it like, uh, you know, was there like a big scabby thing or? Um, well, yeah, it turned, uh, it turned, uh, green and then black. And then <laughs> oh. my mom decided to, since the side of my face looked like I had a goose egg underneath my skin. To poke it with a needle. Uh, no, she took oh. me to the doctor who proceeded to prod at it. <laughs> prod at it. Ducked his head just in time as the green pus squirted across the room. Disgusting. All right. Sarah, did you hear that part? Nope. Ducked his head just in time as the green pus squirted across the room. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's it, a, took about, it took yeah. about four and a half weeks to heal. Oh, that's disgusting. It just kept, after he did that, it just kept draining all the time. <laughs> it bandages and stuff. Oh, and it was... Yeah, in the middle of the school year, it was it was fun. This show is like an endurance test sometimes. All right, thank you, sir. Great yes. call. Hey, and you can die from carbon monoxide on a new car. The catalytic converters mostly take out the dioxide, not the. Oh, really? Okay, so it is still possible. Oh yeah, yeah. one very, more very option possible. for everybody. Which one would yeah. you recommend? Yeah, which what would you recommend, <laughs> sir? A domestic or an import? I, I would actually recommend that you just go down and buy a, a two hundred dollar generator and just fire it up in the house. All right, that's Mike's recommendation. Excellent, thank you, sir. Okay, Eric, listen to what I found. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Oh, that's so great. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. We should keep that on hand. Yeah. The doctor ducked just in time to miss the green pus. And then it just kept draining for weeks, Sarah. Okay. Let's get this one more call here. Hi, uh, Mock. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick, i got a couple quick things for you. Yes, One, uh, I told you about that book, uh, Youth and Revolt. Yes, sir. And uh, I started to read it, and it just it, it, it seemed like you were reading it. And uh, I, I thought, you know, I don't know if this book's on tape, but you got to read this book on tape. I'm sure you have a ton of listeners that would love to hear you read that, read that book. Oh, so Rick Emerson reads Youth and Revolt. You know, can I just tell you this? You, you bring up an interesting point, not about me doing that book as such, but during the various times that I've been unemployed, uh, I have actually wondered if I could be a book on tape guy because I, I read pretty, I read pretty good, I read pretty well. Uh, I've got a pretty good sense of inflection, and I, you know, my my eyes and my mouth work pretty well in Congress with each other. I've often, I've often wondered if I could get a job reading books on tape. Well, I think you'd be perfect for that one because it seems to me just after only reading a couple pages, the lexicon and the words and things that he uses in there are just. Are uh, very similar to the way you speak and the, and, the, and the way you talk. So I just thought, man, that would be great if you did that. Yeah, who knows? It'd be really, really funny. It is pretty one of one of my prized possessions. Is I do have an email from C. D. Payne, the guy who wrote that book. So who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I'll, let's see if a few people can uh, chime in on emails and maybe we get you to do that. Or something. Drop him an email and see. Uh, what second thing, I heard you guys doing this thing, this Timmy Ryan thing, seventy seconds, Timmy Ryan, whatever. Yes, I'm sorry. That, that <laughs> thing he does on Michael Vick is absolutely the funniest thing I've ever heard. That is so damn funny. Excellent. Thank you. You guys, keep, keep, 
can you put that on your on the website, or is there a way we can get that audio anywhere? Uh, Tim Ryan, it's myspace.com slash Tim Ryan. That is T I M R Y A N Radio. Uh, myspace.com slash Tim Ryan Radio. Excellent. Thank you, sir. I'll pass your compliments along to Tim Ryan. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. There you go. Tim Ryan, not to be confused with Tim Riley. Not to be confused with Tim Savage or Sarah Wagner and Sarah Dillon. It's like it's all just Sarah's and Tim's here. It's uh, got to be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Stamp it out now. Well, we're on the way. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. do, should we do the top five? We could. Tim, how do you feel about that? I feel elated. <laughs> As was the style at the time. Five. Scotty, can you please to be joining us in the studio now? Fire! Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing. The top five songs from uh. Counting is happiness. Counting best year of Scotty's life. All right, Scotty. The top five songs from the best year of your life, which apparently is the summer of 1984, when you were how that's old? That's strange. That's before he, he had his kids. And was married. Uh, how uh, how how old were were ye in that uh, year? Probably uh, turning 18, 17, 18. All right, somewhere in there. The edge of 17. Yes. All right. Uh, what made that such a great year? Well, what made is, it a very good year? I can't I can't tell you that there is a the best year ever of my life, but this was definitely one of them. Because hey, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Out of out of school, got the driver's license, got the car, and many got other, the girl. Many other things that came along with it. Like what, Scotty? Just like freedom and liberty, booze and friends. Justice for all. <laughs> when I really started. You know, were you uh, were you were you a man, were you a man about town with the ladies? Uh, I just started meeting some. I was I was rather young and naive in high school, and I found my newfound freedom this year after high school. When you were a young, so you would have been how old? Seventeen, eighteen. So what was the? Uh, I was what, like the youngest kid in my graduating class. What was the? What was the way to? What was the place to meet ladies when you were seventeen, eighteen? Where'd you go to meet foxy, foxy chicks? There was a place called the Plaza. It was a dan- underage dance club downtown. It burned down eventually. Burned down could from, have been a, from a, disco fever. Could have been somebody disco inferno. Disco inferno. Yeah. stomping at a clove in a restroom trash can. When you say someone, do you mean you? No. Okay. That would and be wrong. And then we buried him on a hill in a gunny sack. <laughs> All right. These are the top five songs from 1984, which Scotty has identified as the best year of his life. Tim Riley? Redoubtable mention goes to In Exes with Original Sin. I don't think I know this song. Now, these actually came out in the summer. But this is you have aggregated. Of 1984. Yeah. So this is not a particular week. You have... Well, actually, it's it's a blend between three weeks oh, between June and July. These right. all happened. You have kind of... compiled. Yeah. You composited this list. So this is kind of when Excess, In Excess had its second album. Their first one, Shabu Shaba, uh, had a couple hits on it. But this is where they came out with their second album that had two hits on it, actually. What was the other hit on this? I don't know. Can't well think of it. I remember this You do remember this song? Yeah. This was big. Uh, I mean, I was driving around in my blue Datsun B210 with a little boombox in the back end, cranking this thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to, I have to point something out. Where is that guitar riff? Where do I know that from? That dun 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 dun. Wait, right here. Nah, not yet. From the power station. Hold on. And 
This little riff is from somewhere. This uh, you might. Suicide Blonde. It's, oh, they they, re- they okay. stole it from themselves. They recycle this whole thing for Suicide Blonde you later. Dun, dun, I hear dun, a little dun, bit of the yeah. power station in there, though. With, what, what was that song they did? Dun, 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 old, dun. what's his name? Yeah, Robert. Who's it? And whatnot. All right, Tim. Number five. We really haven't gotten to the. Well, it doesn't matter. Meat yes. and potatoes. We, we didn't get to the hook. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Let me go back. I don't want to. I don't no, want to look the hook. No, no, no. I don't think I know this song. I think it's co-mingling. That's what they're talking about here. What do you mean by co-mingling, Scotty? Oh, people of many colors. Number five, Huey Lewis and the News and the Heart of Rock and Roll. I'm glad that we waited for that hook. That was an interesting hook. I thought so. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Oh, I forgot the song fades in. Dream on, white boy. Boy, the 80s were weird. Yeah, what can you say about this song? That it's amazing that this guy was considered a rock star? I don't know if I consider it rock. He looks like some guy that would work with your dad. Didn't look like your dad. He's a guy who'd work with your dad. At the architecture. He was like that old in the 80s. Yeah, he was like 50 when this band was famous. 45, maybe. That's the thing about the 80s. He had had big hair, rock. Like my Guns N' Roses, Poison, those type of people. Then you had new wave music like In Excess and, and Thomas Dolby and several other, you know, Duran Duran, whatever. And then you had guys like this. You know, has, has anybody here seen uh, the Behind the Music for Huey Lewis? No. no. It's pretty fascinating because what is the third phase of ever behind the music? It's the price of fame bottoming out, you know, and then it all went horribly wrong. Not so with Huey Lewis. It's like every single stage of this is like, and he continues to be vastly wealthy and famous and plays to tens of thousands of people overseas and everything went well and he never had a drug problem and his life is flawless. I mean, his behind the music is fascinating because nothing ever went wrong. Ever. All they can say is that he has to go to like Europe now to play to 20,000 people. But he still gets paid, you know, massive amounts of money to be to be a huge famous singing star everywhere he goes, and nothing bad ever happened to him. That's the end. Also, uh, Huey Lewis and the News were the backing band on the first Elvis Costello album, which is sort of weird. All right. Well, you know, it's about time we heard a story like that, a good story for once with the, the way the world is today. I could use a today. little good news today. Uh, so could Ann Murray. Typhop songs for the best year of Scotty J's life. Number four, the Night Ranger was Sister Christian. Uh, really? Haven't we heard this song enough? Scotty, does this bring back unpleasant memories for you, this song? Yeah, too bad I, too bad I missed them. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you backstage passes to this concert. Oh. That was really nice of you. I'll make yeah. it up to you. No. I'm so glad that I got you the chance to introduce this band on stage and okay. then drive back to Portland with them afterward. <laughs> I'll get your favorite bottle of Viso for you and make it up. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you get right on. You'll never eat lunch in that town again, Scott. <laughs> yeah, they hate me in the Dells. I wish I, you know, I should go back and pull the audio of you singing this when you're all drunk. <laughs> oh, so no, it's, supposed to be? it's pretty bad because my voice was complete. I heard it. Let me now. Welcome to the Rick Emerson crap. Show. This is from that magical. From that magical. (laughs) Geek in the city, Duran. Hi, hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. (laughs) Why is he wearing his headphones on his ears? 
I think they're good. It's like the of Scotty, those earphones have to be over your ears to work. No, because it's too loud. <laughs> too loud, man. You've got a volume. You've got you to pull your knob. No, I don't even know where my knob is. <laughs> Rip. What does this have to do with the top five? Were you just telling Sarah to shut up about something in the brain? He was yelling at me. Why were you telling Sarah to shut up? I thought she should like to listen to me. Does she, does she listen to you? Never. <laughs> just like all the other women. Like all the others. Have you talked to Mrs. J today? Um, she hates me. All right, there you go. We'll move on. That was instead of Night Ranger. All right, number three. Steve Perry and Oh Sherry. Yeah. Sorry to be the only one. I was like, whatever happened to him? He had throat surgery and boom, gone. Where is he? I think you've answered your own question there. Whatever happened to him? His throat was torn out by jackals and then he stopped singing. <laughs> well, they have that guy oh. now on tour that sounds exactly like him. I wouldn't say exactly. I mean, I'm not like the Journey fan that some are, but I found a picture of myself when I was like 10 years old with a Journey shirt on. Of course you did. <laughs> it was funny. You know every word to this, Sarah? I don't even really know this song. Now, Sarah, you, how old are you? Five? I listened to this when I was five, Scotty. I guess. I'm between my Care Bears movies. Going to what? I said between my Care Bears movies. Care Bears stare there. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a good song. It is. Bringing back memories, Tim. It certainly does. <laughs> Where were you, Tim? At the, at, were you? I was in, I was in uh, Concord, New Hampshire, playing love songs. See? Really? Yeah. This is a love song. I think Somewhere. Scotty got a contact drunk from the. I was bike. just going to say, you sound drunk now. It brings on intoxication. I think it's the... Uh, the light in this room. It yeah. drunkenizes you. It drunkenizes People. you. Thank you. All right. And number two is Billy Idol with Eyes Without a Face. Oh, I hate this song. Yeah. Everybody does. You know, what? this weird thing is that Billy Idol somehow, you know what it is? It's like if you have spiky hair, they call you a punk rocker. Billy Idol has this whole reputation as being this hard rock guy, and yet... No, he, he was, was a, basically singing a Berlin song. Here. He was a huge thing in 84, and... This particular song, you know, him in excess, this was huge back then, and you hadn't heard it one million times. I can't like you really think today. of anything besides Rebel Yell that Billy Idol did that sounds like a rock song. Well, this is off the same album, right? I know. I, you do sound so drunk right now. I don't know why. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It, like, the bar was set so low to be a rock star that this can t- counts as rock music somehow. All right, number one song from 1984, the best year of Scotty J's life. Duran Duran with the reflex. And I think they actually did hit number one. What is with songs fading in during 1984? Skipping ahead. Oh, yeah. Scott Daly's doing a little dance to this somewhere. This is a good song. I saw them at the PG Park, which was called the Civic Stadium back then. I don't know why you think I sound drunk. It could be... All the, all the vitamins and minerals in this visa make you stutter. All right, there you go. Back after this, kids. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Guess me, what I get to do. I don't know. In like 20 minutes. Rilo Kylie? Yeah, well, I do get to do them. No, you don't. I know. I get to do Jenny Lewis. See. Oh, I didn't know you were going backstage. Look at, no, no, they're playing. A, they're doing a private. Oh, the kink thing. That's right. 
I'm so You got the hook up. Well, I did that with for But I'm really nervous. What if she's like bitchy and that's what I'm a little nervous You know what? It's it's fine. You know what? You just got to like separate the stuff from the stuff. Okay. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, Christopher Morris and I uh, went to see uh, the Queensryche kink show. Which is really cool. Calling it a show is just, I mean, it was like us in a room with Jeff Tate and some guys from Queensryche. About 20 people. They did like a four-song acoustic set. Very cool. And then my wife and I, uh, my wife is a huge Indigo Girls fan. And my wife and I actually went and saw um, the Indigo Girls uh, at Kink. And I think there was like four of us. And so it was like four of us and the Indigo Girls. And it was, you know, it was, I mean, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I wonder mean, if it's... there's going to be like a ton of people there. Because I don't think a lot of people... I mean, Royal Kelly's becoming more popular, but I don't think a lot, a lot of still people a, know still who Still a cult artist. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, if somebody gets big enough, I become aware of them because they enter the pop culture. So that, you know, and I will say this, unless we sound like, you know, radio people going, like, guess what cool thing we need to do? You know, radio, no, I know I'm lucky. I'm very, very, very excited. Radio does have its great perks and moments. And I will tell you, I actually called my wife. I won't have time to do this email now, but I, I called my wife after Chris and I went to see the Queensryche thing at Kink. And I got to meet Jeff Tate, and I'm, I'm wearing the pass actually right now that they gave me. And I called my wife and I said, you know what? There are days when you think radio sucks, and there are days when you think that radio's not worth it. But you know what? A day like today is not that day. So, I mean, yeah. So there you go. That's very cool. Well, congratulations. That's very, that's very, uh, very well, Sarah uh, Wagner, exciting. She hooked me up. All right. Uh, let's see. We want to thank uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger, Tommy Chong, Aaron Duran uh, from GeekInTheCity.com and FilmPeopleRadio.com. Lisa Goddard, our apologies to Mark Shearer and Jim Roof, to whom we would not get today. Uh, Dennis Pitts and Mark Miles around 9 to 11 tomorrow. As always, don't let the bastards grind it down. Thanks for listening. Watch out for snakes. Uh, Sarah X. Dillon produces the show. Scotty J's the PA. Tim Riley's in the newsroom. Dave's in as the gatekeeper. See you Monday. Be safe now. Bye. So I tied an onion to my belt. Which was the style of the...